Adam was saying they're Navy guys. I mean, it's probably, probably younger. It's probably an old girlfriend's house. Yeah. Mike Finley says, hey. Good morning. Welcome, everybody. Another edition of RC After Hours here in the Million Dollar Studio as Adam Drain is sitting in the hot seat today. Hey, hey, hey. Adam Drain, welcome. Thanks for coming up all the way from Dayton. Yep. And what time did you leave? 5 a.m. You're crazy. My wife Six goes... Six-hour lounge trip. Adam is driving all the way up here, leaving at 5 o'clock in the morning, driving that long just to see you. I go, yeah, because I'm awesome. She goes, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us also in the studio, one of our favorite guests, Chloe. Hey, good morning, everyone. Oh, hey, let's uh, check your mic here because it's not going. And which one is it? Hello, hello. There we go. We got something, I think. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, who knows what we're going to talk about today? We're going to get into all kinds of stuff. Thanks for joining us. Everybody on Facebook Live, come hang out and join us. Uh, we'll chat with you, answer questions, and see what we can get into. Whose is that? Is that you? Is that me? Oh, maybe it's me. <laughs> Not me. Who's got That's the open speaker? Uh, it must be me. Hang on, hang on. Rookie. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I thought it was Andre. Is it Andre? No, I think nope. it's me. I think. I think it's the uh, tablet. There's always something goofy going on in the studio. Always. All right. Uh, <clears throat> turn this one up a little bit. All right. Thanks for joining us. Um, thanks to rcexplore.se for uh, David helping helping us out and getting everything going here. Uh, thanks to all our Patreon customers and supporters. Man, I'm telling you, because without you guys, honestly, we would not be sitting here doing this, and we would not have Adam Drain in the studio hanging out without you guys. So thanks, everybody. Um, let's see. Where to start? Let's start with um, Christmas, Black Friday. Oh. Is there anything on anybody's list? Like, Oh, wait. Just in case I forgot. The crazy Canadian is also up there on the big screen, hanging out. Good Sorry, Andre, I forgot. You're Sorry. just you're Everybody just always there. So, 
Um, but anyway, what's on everybody's list? Is is there a favorite or anything? I I don't have room for any more airplanes. Now right. that I agree with. <laughs> I have I have never seen a man have more airplanes that he doesn't fly in my entire life. I I'm getting better. I've flown. <laughs> what I'm flying more and more. What are you up to now? Can I offer my storage services? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's somewhere above small, thirty. Small rental fee, right? And there are a lot of warbirds in there. I think they're mostly all warbirds. I think you're right. I mean, this guy loves warbirds. Uh, loves. This is the the man who took me for a ride in a B seventeen. Oh, awesome! Yeah, and I mean, he just like, and he finds. I don't know how he does it. He must sit at home while his wife is working all day and just search Craigslist because it seems like on a weekly basis he sends me these deals he finds on like lots of planes for like two hundred dollars that come with all battery and radios. What was that huge deal that you had like? Six months. Well, yeah. So, was it earlier this year? Yes. This guy was basically selling out of electric. It was an older guy, probably in his late seventies, and he was going to fly gas again. Mm-hmm. He had got rid of all of his gas, bought electric, bought went Bananas. all in, and he was selling. I found that guy on RC Groups actually, and he just happened to be local, and. He sold, so there's the two E-Flight P-51s, the newer ones, mm-hmm. that Corsair, the newer Corsair with yep. the Marine Ski. Oh, that I want. Um, the um, Timber, full-size mm-hmm. Timber. Mm-hmm. And then- mm. Oh, it gets better. Two, Just wait. Four, four Sukhois. Yes. Oh. Two green, two blue, plus a DX-6, mm-hmm. brand new black. Mm-hmm. Plus, each airplane came with a battery, mm-hmm. and I think all but two came with um, receivers. And I think I paid eight hundred dollars for the whole lot. Oh my! He's, oh. Yeah. Basically, I could have sold two airplanes and made all my money back. Right. But I kept them all. Thief in the night. <laughs> then he then he found one of my all time favorite planes. You found the Park Zone uh, BF one hundred and nine. Oh yeah. Well, that's um, for forty bucks, yeah. Adam. Forty bucks. I was like, I'll give you fifty right now. I'll take it. Um, a buddy of mine that I've really met this year and gotten to know real well. Um, actually, the guy that uh, Peter's flying his plane at. Mm-hmm. Um, I met this guy through him. He owns a shop in Dayton. It's called the Military Toy Shop, and this guy sells high end, basically high end. Um. Med, uh, die-cast metal airplanes mm-hmm. or all kinds of models and he's a horizon dealer too and he's big into rc but basically if this guy doesn't have it you don't need it uh, that, <laughs> that's one of those i mean if if you're looking for a model of something mm-hmm. if he can't get it to you in a, a week they don't make it it doesn't exist wow so i had befriended this guy and i i go and um i see him probably once a week maybe in mm-hmm. a shop mm-hmm. and he just was moving he bought a new house and they're moving and he was going through some of his old rc stuff and he had that me one eye and sitting on the counter i said how much you want for that he said Meh, you can give me 40 bucks for oh it. my gosh okay. and sitting right next to it is the albatross i have in the car oh that's oh. right 
You wouldn't happen to want to sell that, would you? I bought no, it. He no, bought it I bought it. I bought it. You're not allowed to have when it you, no more. When you see it, it's all pristine. Got uh, all the stickers yeah, on it. I think it. he flew it twice, and that's it. Oh, uh, yes. And I'm it's so got a bag of extra parts. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, yeah. If if you're ever looking for diecast, look him up. Military Toy Shop in mm, Dayton. Wow. So, but there's uh, nothing on your Warbird Christmas list? No, then, and think? then... Two weeks ago, I bought a guy. Oh, yeah. About the radio? Yeah. Well, the radio, too. I got okay. an Apprentice, the Apprentice S. Yep. Brand new, mm-hmm. in the box. Guy bought it, never flew it. Mm-hmm. Bought it ready to fly. So it came with the radio and the airplane. <clears throat> he even gave me the printout from Horizon with the price. He paid like 450 bucks for everything. And he sold it to me for like 130 I need to get on your like favorites list. I'm going to give you my card. <laughs> and then somebody was selling a DX9 for like $120. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I paid like I, what, yeah. $3.99 for At that At least. Thing? Yeah. If not more. Without yeah. receiver. Oh, without receiver. Yeah. yeah. The crummy part, it actually came with a GoPro, a really nice GoPro case. I'll show you. The crummy thing about that was he was a heavy smoker. Oh. So like I've had to air it out <laughs> for like three weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what? Tell everybody you are like the master at finding these deals. Like, what do you I, do? Seriously, I, at night when I'm waiting for the kids to go to bed, fall asleep. Yeah, I'll I'll get on Craigslist and look. Um, Facebook now has their own marketplace. I don't know if you've ever looked at it. Oh, it's is it yeah. buy sell trade or something, or is that something kind different? Of, it's like a Facebook let go app, type thing. Let yeah, go. Oh, of. okay, okay. Well, I tried let go too, but it. It's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of going by the wayside. I think now. Yeah. But yeah, Craigslist, mm-hmm. RC groups, and um, Facebook. That's the only three things I look. The, the only th- bad thing with RC groups I find, and the guys are smart because I'd probably be the same way. You know, they know what it costs to ship planes. So there's always a lot of good deals on RC groups, but it's always pick oh, yeah. up only because they don't want to spend yeah. the $30, $40 for shipping. And I get irritated with that. But I understand. I mean, I, I found a brand new in the box albatross somewhere down around atlanta i mean in the box it was on ebay and i emailed the guy and i said i'll take it i'll take you know whatever it is because like i said you can't find these this is before i bought that one and i think it was 210 dollars. he had it and i said i'll I'll buy it right now plus whatever it's going to cost you for shipping and i he he came back with a 40 dollars ship i said whatever i will take it never heard back from the guy i don't know what happened if somebody locally picked it up or whatever and i was like what what happened? You know what? And it wasn't too long after that you hit me up like, "Hey, I got a brand new Albatross, 150 bucks. Ah, I'll take it." You know, right <laughs> like, now, yeah. I'll take it. Well, if you find another one, <laughs> this girl, I'll, I'll, I'll be on the lookout. <laughs> I'm sure they'll they'll come to us. Well, the yeah. other thing I do in RC groups is when you search in the 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 one or the the first the mm-hmm. classified section, mm-hmm. I always search by distance. Mm. So yeah. I never really look yeah. for anything, and then you go by mm-hmm. distance, and it tells you everything. Yeah, yeah, close. Wow, I was on there last night. Ah. Exact same thing, looking for stuff. Oh, <laughs> how about your wish list? Is uh, you wait? You have a birthday coming up. Yep, and you actually already have a birthday present. What did you get? I got the new commander. Well, I got the commander uh-huh. from uh, E Flight. And uh, my fr- my good friend April gave it to me, mm. so I haven't put it together yet. I mm-hmm. think Andre's got one, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, he- I think he was the first commenter. Oh, you'll love it! <laughs> <laughs> Sweet plane, yep. 
Oh, I've been dreaming about that thing. It looks really fast, so I haven't actually seen it's, it fly yet. It's not bad. It is not bad at all. You're going to want to run it on your bigger 3S packs and uh, watch the CG. Like I said, it's very. It's a very similar experience to the PT-17 where you're like, it's so close, but it could just use that little tiny bit more of nose weight, I find. so. Otherwise, it's a... Did you put in your... Uh, I haven't put mine in because last time I flew, the first time I flew, I thought it was fine. And the last time I flew, it was windy. And I was having an issue where it was it was giving me a lot of nose-up attitude. But when I would click it over to, um, to uh, safe, it would level out. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to adjust the, uh, the elevator first and see if that remedies the solution. But I've got a feeling I'm just going to want just a bit of weight because I, I do run it with my 3S 4000s, which I thought would be plenty of nose weight. But another guy at the field has, has had a similar experience. So yeah. it just feels like when it starts getting into the wind, it picks up big time. And uh, I just think it's just because it's got such a big elevator surface. But it's it's a wide-profile airplane, like a wide-envelope airplane. So it will fly slow, and then you dump in those flaps, and it's just – it is a really nice, nice flying machine. So you're going to enjoy it. Um, are you going to put skis on it? Because I'm thinking about skis for the winter. Mm. I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about getting a set of skis. I've never landed on skis before, so I was going to get a set for my apprentice and try it with Oh, that. you won't oh, have yeah. any Oh, the apprentice will be fine. I yeah. fly my Pawnee on skis, and it's fine. So. What about the timber? Uh, I, have a, I have a timber. timber. Oh, 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 that a would be one. awesome. Oh, yes. A big timber. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. Yeah. One. Yep, put some, for put sure. Put some nice skis on that. Yeah, exactly. Right. The bush mule will be all set. And yeah, the, the, the bush mule is – the skis – because that comes with skis. So. What do you do with that bush mule in the winter? I mean, what are we dropping out of there? Oh, I don't know. we got to come up with something. Like candy canes and like, <laughs> like hey, Christmas John, lights dragging be, out of it? I, I try to usually – well, we have to use uh, April's drone, but we usually try to do some kind of little Christmas video every year just yeah. goofing around. That, that might be a good idea, Ooh. film that in, uh, in dusk with candy canes coming down. Something really funky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yep. that uh, that commander I haven't put together yet, <clears throat> but I plan to get it together here in a couple of weeks if we get some weather. Oh, I know the weather's up, been you know. horrible lately. Yeah, and the commander's yep. one of those planes where I didn't even again one of those things I didn't give it a thought until we seen it in person at mm-hmm. the Toledo show, and I told Andre you know up like right after I go, dude, you know, I didn't even think about the commander yep. until we seen it and looked at it, and you know I was like, wow, it is a really impressive airplane. You know what else has been really impressive? Yep. And it was like, I had no idea until my dad bought one. <clears throat> it was the Valiant. It's the new Valiant. Yes. This thing yes. is like a rock star. It's super fast, <laughs> mm-hmm. agile. And mm-hmm. my dad's like had some bumps and, you know, bruises along the way with his apprentice mm-hmm. getting reacclimated to flying. Yeah. But he's flown this Valiant like it, it was like, it's yeah. been attached to him all his life, and huh. it's just super agile and fast. Wow. I like, highly recommend getting one. Hmm. Andre flew I, one. Yeah, I, I flew one there in, in Florida, and it was, it was, you know, it was, it was windy. It was flight fast, but I had no issues with that airplane. I mean, I only ran like a, you know, half a battery through it, and then I had to get back to work. Uh, but <laughs> it, it, it struck me right away as if you were looking for a, you know, smaller high wing kind of scenario, mm-hmm. like it's, uh, you know, you, you get the ground clearance, everything. It's not a huge airplane, but it flew and it, it's, you know, with the flaps and everything. It was, uh, it impressed me. Not that I need another e-flight this year. I mean, well, well, I think our end of year, end of year review is going to be, it's going to be interesting because I, 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 you know, I have to get my hats off to Horizon and e-flight for just smashing it out of the park this year mm-hmm. with, with the number of planes. Um, but yeah, that one is, that's if, 
if I had a need for another one, uh, and it's funny because Chloe, I flew, I flew that airplane, I flew the Valiant, and I almost was questioning whether I should have gotten that one versus the uh, PT seventeen. Oddly enough, yes. <clears throat> what, hmm. Well, why not have both? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. What about your uh, Christmas list, Andrea? I, I know from us personally going back and forth to chat, I know what you've been looking at, but was there something you finally, I, again, love Andre, but like your <laughs> airplane addiction, Andre has a decision problem, <laughs> like yes. battery problem and decision on what plane to get problem type thing. Yeah. You know, It's not like he doesn't have enough, but so he's been bouncing back and forth between should I go jet? Uh, another Warbird, you know, should I go B-24? Yeah. Big, big decision, you know, Jet, yeah. Warbird. This show is like his therapy to, you know, work it out. You know, no, I, I'm, I'm his, th- I'm his no, therapy course, during therapy. the week. I get his therapy yeah. during the week. <laughs> so what are you thinking? Yeah. I, I know you might have purchased some large batteries, so are we leaning towards uh, Jet? <laughs> ooh, I mean, I don't evil, know. Evil. Uh, evil. <laughs> um, actually, it's funny because... I've, I think I've gotten a lot better at everything over time, but yes, you I, have. Was, I was telling Chris that buying batteries is, is, is up there with like if you're trying to buy a car and it, it is a terrible, terrible experience because there are so many choices and you know there are people that I lean on and there are people that I trust and I guess that's the really awesome part about that, you know the, the internet and the social media end of it. There are people that I go, hey, I'm going to have a conversation with this person. And, you know, and we just, and we light up on a subject and I'm able to get that, that, that internal intel of what works. But you go and you look at batteries this day and it's like, oh, I know this is a good value battery, but I don't know if it will last as well as this value of battery. And we're talking like, you know, $5 difference between the packs and you're just like, oh, you know, and and when you buy a particular airplane, there's that magic number and I'm going to say it's like five. You know, if you buy a particular airplane and you get, and it requires one particular battery, I always say the magic number is five. Four is not enough and six is not, is too much kind of thing because if I fly that one airplane five times in one day, I've done awesome. So to answer your question, Chris, yes, uh, Mm -hmm. some, some, some larger packs have been selected and a, and, and an aircraft has been selected but no one will know for a uh, about a month what, oh, what it's going to be. I'm going to keep my mouth absolutely shut. <laughs> um, wow! But I did make a pick, and uh, it's it, it's going to be beautiful. It's wow. going to wow people. So wow. it's going to be fun. I don't even know yep. what it is. Oh. Wow! All right. Uh, Can I, you tell us? Is it a warbird? Is it you know what what kind of yes. any kind of hints? No, that's because people will guess. People are smart out here, man. We 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 post stuff every time I post. I a, to try. Guess what plane this is from on 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 Facebook? People have it within five, you know, within yeah. five, you know, comments. Someone's got it. Oh, that's the landing gear off the mosquito, the free wing mosquito. I'm like, mm. ah, so much for keeping that one, Hutch. Yeah, he'll, um, he'll, I'm sure he'll tease out some hints though, a little bit. Oh yeah, I'm sure. we'll we'll go in time. Um, but this year, like I said, this year has been. I've had fun. I still, oddly enough, I still, I think I'm very much in tune with like Adam. I, I draw so much joy from finding that deal. And it's funny because I was talking with um, with the, the gentleman that, that I bought all my birthday gifts, airplanes from. And the first thing he came back is, is your wife aware that you were talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> 
is when I came home with multiple airplanes, and she was like, well, wait a minute. I'm like, why? I just, I couldn't, I couldn't help. I couldn't help myself. They just all were so <laughs> beautiful, you know, the Mustang. <laughs> The free the, the mosquito the M uh, the SE five A the F sixteen was there one more no I think that was it eh? there was only five four, four or five airplanes of course the F sixteen is no more um, but I did I did go to flight tests and I did buy a, a vegan scratch build kit so mm -hmm. that seventy mil four S EDF now has a home which means I can fly EDFs all winter long. Right. I'm not sure I'll be able to fly the. I might try the um, uh, the vegan not the, mm -hmm. yeah sorry the vampire. I might oh, try the yeah. vampire. Yep. And see if that goes. Um, <laughs> And we'll, we'll go from there. Someone just asked, have we seen Peter's ultralight flying? Joe, uh, Joe just asked. Um, yes, we've seen that fly. <laughs> but on our, on our dilemma, if I was to pick something now, like out of the box, I, I kind of I got a feeling that, that um, some of the manufacturers are just holding a little bit back. But I, um, if I was to pick something like completely left field, I might have to look at that, uh, that Texan. Uh, for me, mm. like, mm -hmm. now only if I could spray paint it orange. But doesn't that no. sound so terrible? You're gonna get a brand new airplane and spray paint it right away because yeah. it's got to look at. I, I want the RCAF um, Harvard colors. You mm. know, mm -hmm. it's got the mosquito um, flight scheme. Um, if you take a look at it, that's that's on my list. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I believe now you might know this, Adam. I think that scheme they have for that new uh, eight. Uh, well. Uh, uh, is a, a trainer scheme that blue scheme is it you probably know that actually don't you? I just looked this up because we were talking <clears throat> about how I'm not I'm picky about paints yes like extremely picky and details and yeah Kore yeah and I believe it's a Korean War era scheme oh is it it's post-world War two because it's got if you know yeah. it says USAF yeah oh yeah so anything anything that says USAF is post 1947 right. mm-hmm which I just, you know, World War II trainer, kind of like to have a World War II paints game. Yeah, yeah. It's got those split flaps mm -hmm. that come out. Oh. It's not my favorite plane, but for some reason, I just the the way they did it in the paint scheme, I, I I really like it. No, I have the, I had one of the first planes I ever bought was, this was back in the nitro planes era, mm -hmm. and what <laughs> nitro planes did on accident somehow was. Something happened to somebody that was a huge Nitro Planes fan, and they lost like their entire collection of RC in a fire. Mm -hmm. So what they did is they posted a, a coupon code on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And this was back in the early days of Facebook promoting. And yeah. I don't think they realized that everyone could see that. So I used that code. I could buy. It was free shipping. <laughs> So I bought I bought like two airplanes and saved like eighty dollars in shipping. Wow. Um but anyway, I got the Dynam T six. Uh huh. Yes. I've flown it twice in the four years I've had it or how long I've had it. And I've crashed it both times. Oh. <laughs> oh. I cannot fly that airplane for whatever reason. Huh. And I even added like you know, um I bought Lead weights off of Amazon. They're mm -hmm. like Great Plains mm -hmm. brand lead weights. Yeah. Yeah. I almost used an entire pack. Wow. In the nose mm -hmm. to get it to balance. <laughs> wow. And it still wouldn't fly. 
Jeez. I don't know what it is about that planet. I can't get it to fly. Huh. What I'm going to do is I'm going to turn... This is a true story. I'm going to turn the fuselage, which is still in one piece, and turn it into a lamp. Oh, yeah. You ever seen that? They take RC yep. fuselage and yep. turn them into a lamp. Yep, yep. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Because <laughs> they ain't going to ever fly again. I'm going to try a gyro in it. It was awful. I don't... It was one of those planes <laughs> where you're almost like trying to get it into the ground just to end the flight. <laughs> kind of like Mo- Mike's Cub at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Down and right. <laughs> Mike Finley just added, did Chad Capper set up your radio? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Somewhere, it might have been on Facebook, or I don't know if somebody was telling me about it, but there's a uh, RC company out there, you know, like a hobby, uh, local um, hobby shop or something, that uh, if you buy something from them for like an extra four ninety nine, they'll make up a receipt for whatever your significant other thinks oh that my. you paid for it. <laughs> what a great service. Isn't that brilliant this time of year? Yes. Uh, Honey, it was only $85. <laughs> yep. I'm like I'd pay four ninety nine for that. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um They need to do the same thing for ladies' shoes. <laughs> yeah, right. Huh? <laughs> uh, uh let's jump in a little bit. Chloe, last time you were on the show, um we put you under the goggles and flew around the house a little bit and I think you enjoyed it. A little bit. Because you I would say probably a couple days later sent me a text with a picture of goggles and Indectrix Plus. Um, I'm trying to re- whatever else you had <laughs> in the list, but you haven't opened anything up yet or checked it all out. So after the podcast, we're going to get you going. We're going to everybody, including Adam, we're going to crank around the house a little oh, bit. That's awesome. Thank you. But I have to ask, you were here in studio and had a set of head plays on and really enjoyed them. Why did you go with the Fat Shark goggles? You know what? I just, I walked into Aerotech and I'm like, I need something. And uh, first I got a set of those Spectrum ones. Um, they were like a hundred Oh, the bucks. cheap one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was really grainy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is this is not going to work for Andre me. can tell you about that. Yeah. And, and I didn't <laughs> like that they were so heavy and they're falling down on my face. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is nuts. So I just went back up there. I'm like, what? what's the best thing you got in this store? Just, wow. I'm going to tack it this way. Yeah. I want the best thing you got. You know, I don't, don't talk to me about money. You irritate yeah. me if you do that. <laughs> I want to talk features. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like opening up the glass case going, we got these dominators, uh-huh. you know, blah, 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 $500, yada, yada. This is, you know, and then you need antennas and a receiver mm-hmm. and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. I'm like... Wrap it up. Wow. <laughs> I, want, I want to have clear vision. Uh-huh. And then I bought also at the same time with the Inductrix, I got the FPV flying wing from the... the yes, the F-27. Yes. Blade. I yeah. bought that, yeah. So my dream is that I want to be able to fly up above and around over houses and trees and stuff in the FPV mm-hmm. mode. Mm-hmm. To like kind of relive a childhood dream, like I'm um, flying in my dreams, uh-huh. and so I you know, it sounds corny, but I just want that feeling of being a first person pilot flying over the treetops and the houses and stuff. Uh, so I wanted that clear, crisp yeah. view. It, it's going to be. I'm very interested to see because here we have. It, not I have nothing against Fat Shark. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of a running joke with me because I I like the head plays and Andre and Mike they like the Fat Sharks. 
I love the big screen, the immersive feel, because it, it to me feels like you're sitting into a big theater. Yeah. But when you wear the head plays, and again, it's it's a preference. You're looking through the two little kind of. It's a different view. So I'm very interested to see your take now that you you know this is an all new experience. Yeah. You had the head plays, and now you're going to put on some. Sure. Fat Shark Dominators. Yeah. I want to see what you like and what and there's you prefer. No rule that says I'm locked into Fat no, Sharks. No, no, I mean, no. I can. I, I mean, I want to have multiple mm-hmm. stuff to try. You know. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. always diving in head first. Yeah. But I'm just very curious to see. You know, your your take yeah. on that for somebody brand new. You know that. The, you know what what's better, what they prefer. You know, a lot of people prefer the Fat Sharks over you know the head plays or whatever. But it'd be interesting to see. Hey, if you don't like those fat sharks, they'll give you a hundred dollars. Listen to this guy. He's like the repo. Yeah. Man, the the RC, repo, yeah. RC repo. Um, I forget what I was going to say now. Darn it. Um, ah, phooey. It'll come back. I'm going to put me. my fat sharks back together soon. So they're all done after I upgraded them. So what receiver did you end up buying for your, uh, for your fat, your dominators? Oh, this is really bad. I don't even know. Uh, I'm such a girl. I just said, hey, which one is the best one? (laughs) Give me that one. And they sold me a couple of different antennas. I didn't even know the antennas were separate. Mm -hmm. They gave me a square one that goes like, I guess, on the front or something. Oh, so you got a patch antenna. And then it's got a round one. Yep, circular polar. So they like this connect, this 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 receiver, whatever, you can have two of them hooked at the Mm -hmm. same time. Plus hooking yep. it to the TV or something. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. I forgot. You got the dominators that you you realize that you can plug those into April's drone. I didn't know that. Yes. Ooh, I have yes. a cord. And if you want it, HDMI. since mine's down, yep. I'll let you borrow it. And you can take it out, plug it right into her drone, into the goggles, and fly through oh, the goggles. That's awesome. Yeah. We just need to get some Top uh, Top Gun Danger Zone <laughs> sounds going. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'll you'll like those. They I'm they excited. are good goggles though, so you won't have any problems. Um, yeah, no. So let's dive in a little bit. I ended up buying a Inductric Plus Andre and have been cranking around the house with it for quite a while. So I figured. How many batteries did you pick up? Four oh batteries for the stupid thing at twelve ninety nine a piece, which is ridiculous. What size are they? What are uh, the five hundred milliamps? Okay, yeah. So um, they come with the new. 2.0 um, yeah. plug on them, which I wasn't really sure. I couldn't think in my head what this plug looked like until uh, I got it at the house, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. And I, just, luck- I just bought a breadboard for that. Did you? How are you charging them all at the same time? Ah. ah yeah. So, luckily, I got a high-tech Let's uh, talk about that. charger uh, that will do four, and you can adjust everything, and it is fantastic. Yeah. Andre has the knockoff version of this, and I love this little charger. So you can do the ultra micro batteries for like the um, little regular uh, okay. inductrix, yep. or you can do the uh, new 2.0s. What's the model that I got to have? Uh, <laughs> it's the X4 Micro Multi Charger by Hitech, uh, and Aerotech does have these. This is where I got them. Yeah, yeah, I like I like buying stuff from the from the local hobby, hobby so shop. I do, you know, I just like supporting it. I like to have that resource, so mm-hmm. whenever I can, I I go to them or or another shop to. Yeah, and our our local hobby shop really is pretty good. The prices actually are are decent down there, and they mm-hmm. carry a lot of stuff. So I yeah. can't really complain about. They're, yeah, they're they're pretty good to us down there. Yeah. Um. So the the high current battery here in Ottawa is nineteen dollars a pop. You're kidding. That's on sale. Regular twenty two. Is that Canadian? Oh my god! This That's battery Canadian, yes. is twenty five hundred dollars in Canadian. Yes. 
Wow. What is that in the in US? Well, they're twelve ninety nine here. That's about right. That's probably yeah. That's about it. That's, That's about right. the same. Holy cow, Andre. That's exchange rate. It'd probably be cheaper for me to just use my wife's discount and send them up FedEx or something. Well, yeah. If if Holy I end up getting cow. like for now, I've got my two little yellow ones, so I'm good to go for the season. So I am glad that they're doing bigger batteries, though. Those oh, small I know. ones are just not yeah. long enough flights. Three minutes, man. That's all you. I mean, I'm getting three and a half. Um, what I also, I guess, I'll talk about that real quick. Is um, this is a tiny whoop, so I kind of built this one. Mm-hmm. And it has a much better camera on it. And this camera is probably equal to what's on the Inductrix Plus. Um, and what I did is I changed the connector to the 2.0. And ReadyMade RC sells some new batteries with the new plug on there. And they're 220 milliamps. Oh, that's nice. So these will stretch from eh, about 3.30 to about four minutes, depending on how you're flying. So you're getting almost an extra minute for this little guy here. So I got five of these. And I've been flying. You know, it's... I love this little tiny whoop. This is probably the best flying little camera, you know, platform I have for in the house. This thing is amazing. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, more about the Inductrix Plus. So I got the Inductrix Plus, and like everybody knows, if you want to check it out, it is bigger than the regular Inductrix. Uh, definitely more power, a little bit bigger. Now, Andre was all concerned because he can't fly through the banisters in his house. But honestly, he's like, ah, it's too big. It's too big. Honestly, so far, I've been able to fly everywhere I have with the regular Inductrix. It's really not that much bigger. It is a little bit. A couple things I do like about it. One, the camera is much better. It has a ton more power, so it's way more sensitive than the regular Inductrix. Um, The meow mode is phenomenal. But the problem, the problem, (laughs) the the problem I was having with it now is I've crashed it enough, and I had a couple props fly off of it. Is now they're loose, and I had to glue them back on a little bit. Well, now they're getting loose again. So if you do flip over, when you do use meow mode, it really like hits the motors really hard to flip it over. The props just fly off of it. So not then you got to go find the stupid thing anyway, and then find the props and where the heck they went. So that was one that's problem. True. Yeah. So that's one little problem uh, I've been having with it. The other one is I, I can't quite put my finger on it. It flies very well, but it flies different than the Inductrix. I can't quite get it as smooth as I can the Inductrix. And I don't know if it's just because of the way it's set up with the more power. Uh, I've been playing around with some, um, uh, what do I want to call that? Um, Expo, Expo on it. Yeah. Uh, trying to get it to s- just smooth out. Flying normal around is fine. It's when you get into tight spots and you're really trying to maneuver with it. I, it just seems hurt. Like, uh, 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 I can't get that nice flow with it. I haven't figured it out yet. It's definitely different. So I don't know what they did or changed some programming in it. What I did find out about is we went to a little party yesterday and some really nice people, but I don't really know them that well. And so I thought, you know what, we got to have some fun while we're over there. So I took the two sets of head plays and the Inductrix and the, all the batteries and everything. And after we're all chit-chatting and talking, I'm like, let's have some fun. You guys want to have some? Yeah. Put them under the goggles and cranked around their house. And they were just like, you know, it's so funny to see people FPV for the first time. They're sitting in the chair and I'm flying around. They're doing this, you know. And the one guy, he says, man, I'd he was so intrigued. He used to be in the military. And this was probably, I, I'm guessing, 
10, 15, maybe even 20 years ago. I don't know for sure, but he dealt with drones when he was in the military. So he was telling me about the technology back then. They'd have them in their backpacks. They were little foam and they'd pull them out. They were electric and they'd take off. And the guy, you know, they would actually, he would carry him. And then while the guy was flying, him and another guy would like kind of like look around and protect him because he was had the controller and was looking. They flew off of a screen and they would do air patrol like they'd go around and, and check the situation out. And then he said back then they even had uh, loiter mode back then that they could just like if they were going to check out the, a city or something, they could just cruise around and put it in loiter mode. And he said also back then, of course, you got to figure this is a long time ago that they even had the infrared camera. So they go fly it at night. So he was al- always been kind of intrigued on this stuff. So when I brought that over, he's like, "Oh man, I, I, you know, I want to try it." I'm like, "Okay." So this has an actual um, altitude hold mode in it, which I tried flying with it, but I, I don't know. Just like the the safe select, I, I have trouble with that stuff because I it doesn't do what I think it's supposed to do. Andre, have you did you get to try the altitude hold when you flew it at all? No, no, no I, I just beamed around. We were we were flying well, it at the hotel. So what it does is you set the throttle, and once you get it up to a point, you let off the throttle, and it holds that position for you. Like, it barely moves. <coughs> so once he had it set, the only thing he had to do is left, right, forward, back, or whatever. And he had the goggles. Well, first, I, I put him without the goggles, and he tried flying a little bit. And he, he was having trouble, which is understandable. So I put the goggles back. He's like, oh, my gosh, this is so much easier with the goggles. He literally was cranking around the house. Like I let him get used to it and burn through a couple batteries. Said, "Okay, now we're going to fly normal." Put him in a, um, the next mode, not agility mode, but this stabilization <laughs> mode, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, I mean, literally like that. He never even had a controller in his hands. He was flying around the house with this. I was like, "This is awesome." He was just like, he looked like a little kid on Christmas, honestly. <laughs> so after we were done, he's like. I want one of these. You need to send me the link. So I sent him the links to both both of them, you know. He was blown away. And they couldn't believe how good the image was. Like, looking through the goggles, the colors, you know, the difference in the light. You know, they had their Christmas tree on, different rooms. And the one room was dark and one was super light. You know, the cameras have gotten so good. You could go right to yeah. light to dark to no problems. Like, it just works so well. Because if you remember... The old Nano QXs, the, the, them cameras, you know, how long has it been since they've been out? Two years, three years ago? Yeah. For what they were in the day was phenomenal, but the cameras were so bad. Like, if we flew from here to the hallway, it would go light to black. black. And then it, it would take so long for it to kind of adjust, and you'd be crashing the things. Now you can just fly these things just about anywhere. So how many so, addicts so here's, do you think you created? <laughs> Um, the, the crazy thing is my wife tells everybody, if I meet people for the first time, she goes right to the wife. She says, let me warn you now. It is probably a bad idea for your husband to hang out with my husband. (laughs) (laughs) She tells everybody that. So here, here's an experience problem though, Chris, because he's now flown this product, but Mm -hmm. for him to replicate your experience that you've given him, he can't do that out of the box. So is horizon, do they have it wrong? Do they have it wrong where they where they sell it with that that tiny remote and FPV monitor? Do you think that it's time for them to have a third option? Here's here's your DX five six whatever, and and possibly the even if it's just the Focus uh, FPV goggles, the Fat Shark uh, branded Focus uh, goggles. You know, so someone can say I'm ready to go. You know, and mm-hmm. instead of 
using that teeny little remote, which uh, I've never flown one, but I've never been a kid, you know, I've never been interested because it's like, you know, how, how is that for that person to transition and get close to what you just gave them? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not a small purchase point, right? So mm-hmm. maybe they're doing themselves an injustice by not having that package. Cause if someone's going to walk into the store and go, I can buy the copter, but then I'm going to want a real remote. But uh, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it, it feels like they're missing an opportunity to help people jump into the hobby who are kind of confident going, okay, this is my gateway, but I'm going to set myself up for success down the road. You know, we've had this big conversation before on this and that's a tough call because I think, you know, to really get the experience he had last night, you know, it, you're talking quite a bit more money and I think that's yeah. the problem. Um, you know, I explained to him, I said now, because, you know, he was looking at my transmitter. He's like, oh, my gosh, look at this thing, all the bells and whistles and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you got to understand, you know, I do a lot of flying, have a lot of planes. And this main radio, this is what I use for everything. So I was showing yeah. him I was showing him the the ready to fly stuff. And, I, you know, it comes with a, a small, cheaper controller. It, you know, it does have the meow mode with the button. But you have a, a small little monitor. And I explained to him that. Depending on who you are, some people like the monitor. Like, Andre, when you first started, you you were enjoying the monitor because you can kind of look to see where it's at, look down at the monitor. A lot of people don't like that initial, you know, closed-in, goggles yeah. on the face. But he took right to it, like, instantly. What I think I'd like to see Horizon do, personally, is find a cheaper goggle, kind of like the, the Hobby King Quantum V2s, you know, and mm-hmm. get something in the $50 range so that you can get... The Inductrix Plus with a $50 set of goggles because, you know, obviously you can use those for way more things than just that. And, you know, uh, I, I would like to see it come with two, at least two batteries also, even though they are a little bit expensive. Um, yeah. And go that route. Personally, That that's my thing. But, you know, I, I don't know. That's a tough call because the price difference from, you know, the bind and fly to the raid fly is quite a bit more, which he didn't really care about, but he... Notice that there's just the monitor and not not the goggles. He's like, mm-hmm. well, what do you do about the goggles? I'm like, well, there's all kinds of alternatives, and you know, what do you what do you want to do? Because yeah, the head plays will kind of spoil you. Because he that was the first thing, first thing I took him for a ride, and, and he pulled him off. He was that was the most immersive thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's because you're right there. Yeah, so it's I, addicting. It is addicting, especially you know for your for your first time. I don't I don't know what the what the, the idea or the plan or what how to make it better i, re, I really don't yeah it's 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 kind of that's it, a tough call it is a tough call what about but using it, yeah, your phone i mean like they're doing with the goggles now they're slipping a phone in the headsets yeah making that cheaper why yeah. can't they do that i think you actually uh well, not on these. I don't think you can use your phone, but there are other platforms out there that you they run off of Wi-Fi that you can use your phone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there are. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And and it seems like it's it's funny because when you step back and if you were to say, okay, I'm going to do exactly like what you just did, Chris, with that and that charger and those batteries, it's no longer like a hundred and fifty dollars no, pod. It's no. a you know you're in this for five almost. I would say. The better part of approaching six seven maybe that's a little in crazy. Canadian, but yeah. You start factoring the charger, <laughs> the batteries, the goggles, the transmitter, and everything. Right. So yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. And that's one of the reasons in the early days, you know, with flight tests way back when, you know, David and Chad and all them were getting into FPV, Adam, you were, you were around there was, it was phenomenal. And I got to take a lot of rides and everything, but the cost factor back then was astronomical, you know, to get all the FPV gear and then you had to set it up all yourself and, you know, the yeah. goggles were still four or $500 back then. And it was just like, you know, I'm not committed to that yet, you know, price wise, I'm not, you know, but now with, you know, you pick up a $99 Inductrix ready to go and buy a set of $50 goggles. I mean, in yeah. worst case, you can buy a $50 Hobby King orange radio or whatever. And, and th- then yeah. you're set. And those are the new ones are coming back out. Yeah. And the guys in the chat right now are talking about the fact that, yes, you can get receivers for, well, I think mainly the Android phones, but you can get a little USB based receiver mm-hmm. that receives a, a 5.8 and plug it into your phone and, and do that kind of setup. But there you that's go. That's all I need to be flying, flying along. And then all of a sudden there's a text message in my face. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> ah. Teleporters are two. There are a bunch of options. Chris is on right now saying, uh, um, you know, teleporters are 200. The flight test guys were showing that, oh, the, the Marvel set. Yes. And that's got a built-in DVR. Yep. I mean, the technology has just come on and on and on and on. But right. And it's it's uh, it's a manufacturer. If a manu- it, it would just be fascinating to see someone like, uh, you know, Horizon build that bundle package and how mm-hmm. much they could discount it. And just, right. you know, here's your ultimate starter pack. Even Flight Test has got some pretty cool starter packs going out yes. as well. Yeah. So. And honestly, again, nothing gets Andre, but those teleporters for 199 throw them in the garbage. <laughs> I mean, literally <laughs> throw them in the garbage. <laughs> this was on. the only the teleporter. They're, they're the real cheap set of oh, like fat sharks. Oh. They, probably okay. the ones you first picked up. No, I got. They weren't teleporters. No, they were by Spectrum. Uh, well, Spectrum, they had that little thing um, were they square? Yeah, square. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Anyway, Andre, come. I'll tell you a quick story, Chloe. Andre comes down to visit his first year. We have all this FPV stuff. We're over our buddy Wayne's, and we're flying FPV. This guy is cranking around. He's going through trees and under limbs, and I mean, he's doing nine hundred miles an hour. And we're all, (laughs) how is he doing this? So later on, I put him under the head plays, and he puts them on. He's going around. He's like, whoa, whoa, tree, oh, oh, my God, whoa. And I'm like, what happened? So I put on the teleporters. I'm like, well, no wonder you can't see anything. I can't see the trees. I can't see the leaves and limbs. He's just cranking around. He couldn't see anything, so he's just flying. He puts on the head plays. He's like, oh, I can see everything now. No, it's kind of took a little bit his edge away. Oh yeah, it definitely oh, yeah. took his edge away. Yeah. What, was, what was Davis' quote? What were we using the force? Yeah, the force. <laughs> I, I have since upgraded, yeah. and I do. I do. I have a nice set of Attitude V twos, and I was on the cusp of upgrading that, and then I went and I hacked them up, and I put a brand new, more modern receiver, and they work great for my thing. Um, FPV for me is one of those uh, hit and misses of the hobby. Like I get on all into it. And then I suddenly stop, and it's and then I don't read and I don't fly FPV again for months or weeks on end just mm-hmm. because I'm doing other stuff. Um, but it's always nice to have the equipment ready to go. So you the, think it's uh, because of the setup, the, the time it takes to set everything up, and all the equipment involved. You just want something um, simpler. Or? Simple work. So the one that really got me back into flying FPV was the Flight Test Aero. And I think you're going to find that when you start flying that FPV, uh, that little F27. Uh, 27. Yeah. Oh, like you don't need anybody. Well, okay, you're supposed to have someone with you. But yeah. it's so small. And my friend has got one here. And he, like we're all trying. 
this is what we've been working on. We've been, been you know, going after making, you know, small, small, super lightweight, oh, cool. tiny FPV aircraft, you know, that have minimal <laughs> impact. <laughs> just go, you know, that's my uh, video aerial system gremlin, you oh, know, and gosh. it is, it is just a bi-wing. There's a tri-winglet. If it flies even slower. And then I, you know, everything, everybody's working their tails off to get under 250 grams. And I even want to strap, I've got an FPV camera all in one coming in that I want to strap onto my SU-27 or my uh, just F-27 and, and fly and do the exact same thing. It's the lighter we can get them, the slower we can get them, we're having a blast. And, mm. you know, we can do it multi-rotor like that, right? But it's yeah. a challenge to fly a fixed wing and I just, some of my favorite flying experiences is just going down the path with the arrow and just flying down this thing and i'm so low to the ground that you can see the shadow of the arrow you know and then just pop up and do your rolls and everything um i do still love flying my bigger fpv aircraft and uh, but for that i want a spotter i want someone there to help me launch and so it's like uh, i'm tying someone else up I'm, I'm robbing someone else of their flying experience so i tend not to do that so if i can so I've been really working away at programming smaller stuff and getting smaller aircraft to fly FPV. So lots in the books, lots of this to do this uh, this winter. And of course, in wintertime, there's hardly anybody in the way. So you just go and you fly. So uh, I can't wait to hear about your experience, especially when you – What are you? okay, Chloe, what are you going to fly when you do get into your fixed-wing FPV? Well, you've got the, the – the That F-20. F-27 is perfect little yeah, I think, to get you – You know, know what? Actually, yeah. That is going to be your gateway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how you progress afterwards and what you do. <laughs> I'm going to go bankrupt. This way I'm going to go. <laughs> You're hanging out with the wrong. Yeah, guys. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bad speaking of technology, um, I want to know. Well, speaking of, go ahead, Adam. Um, is FPV ever going to get into the realm of VR? Will those two realms ever? Oh, for sure. Come together. For sure. Absolutely. The, the, the next avenue that FPV has to fix is the transmission. Mm-hmm. Transmission, they've got to go digital. I know they're working on it. Everybody knows they're working on it. So when does it come out? Um, of course, the problem right now is the technology is, even though it's limited in this fact that we're all trying to cram everybody into the same frequencies, the frequencies are expanding slowly, which is cool, and it's so inexpensive. So when, when that digital jump comes, it's going to be like, okay, well, who's going to go digital first, and who's going to pay out all that money? Because, I mean, uh, these these little all-in-one cameras, you know, 25, 50, 200 milliwatt mm-hmm. things, you can pick them up for 10 bucks now. Yeah. So, yep. ah, you know, okay, yeah, you know, all my friends and I have to – we have to have that discussion before we go flying. Who's on what frequency and all yep. this stuff. And, and uh, so the digital stuff will be cool. Uh, there are, Adam, there are actually stereoscopic. Um, so you get a, a wider – it's a dual camera transmission setup. So when your goggles, your your field of view is huge, oh, wow. you know? So, I mean – and I think I think what you're going to see is you're going to see the camera tech pick up, and then you're going to see motion detection in the goggles. So you might not be looking at the 360 view because that's almost impossible to fly. But when you pan your head, it's going to be very similar to Chris's Mevo cam he records us on, where he can the, the resolution is so high that he can zoom in on a spot, he can mm-hmm. pan left, right, and the camera isn't moving. It's just the right. optics uh, on, on the yep. system are so incredible. So I can see that in the next couple of years. Digital transmission, very similar to what we see from from um, uh, DJI. DJI. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of which, we'll talk about their goggles, yep. right, Chris? Got them on the uh, list. 
Okay, so we're going to see that. And I think, Adam, that's where you're going to see that, that virtual reality kind of just the, the optics and the, and the core processing power will be there. At the same time, you have to remember you're still flying, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, the reason I asked my brother recently, he got the, the Rift, the Oculus Rift. Oh, okay. And he went out, he saved up, and he went out and bought a brand new PC just for the <laughs> Rift. Yes. So he, he spent like over two grand on a PC. Wow. Yeah, it needs a lot of processor the, power. The brand new NVIDIA card. Mm-hmm. And then he upgraded all of his, um, to make it work with Flight Simulator, mm-hmm. he upgraded a bunch of stuff there. So he's about $4,000 in. You're kidding. To this VR setup. Wow. And I had never really done VR before, but mm-hmm. he'd been bugging me to come try it. So finally I drove, because he was in Columbus, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a little over an hour. Yeah. So I finally went one morning and, and did it, and he has it set up in his living room, and he's got a throttle quadrant, he's got a yoke. Really? Got, yeah. And he's got the, the head tracking so that it, it, it you see your hand mm-hmm. in VR, mm-hmm. and you can flip switches. And, That's cool. And it's it's not anything like I would imagine. It's 10 times better better than i thought really like you know you're flying to b17 and i can poke my head out the window you're kidding and you can see the gear come down out of the i mean you can stick your yeah. head out of the airplane. oh that's so cool you know we're flying a, a mustang and you can move your head all around in the bubble canopy and look all around you wow do you it's get that, unbelievable do you get that sense of flying or the, uh, the one sense i got which is really weird and you, you can attest this because you flew but mm-hmm. um you know when you're flying along and you hit like that brief sink yeah. spot yeah mm-hmm. i felt that really even though the airplane wasn't doing that but wow. you get that that low pocket yeah that mm-hmm. that sense you you, you drop <laughs> yeah i did i didn't get sick i didn't i got a headache but i didn't didn't get motion That's, sick yeah, the, like that. the optics so and then imagine this you know you get your microphone in and then your buddies all go to get we're, we're right back to those land party kind of mentality years ago so you have to make that decision do i go out flying with my buddies or do i sit down in my living room and fly virtual simulators well i think there's oh, something dear. else on the horizon that's going to come and it's going to be eventually where <clears throat> companies are going to start up putting quads located on platforms all around the world you can log in <laughs> take control of a quad that has a pre-flight envelope that it can go in and avoid stuff but you have control for say five ten minutes to go and explore yep. the golden gate bridge do whatever and it avoids when it's done it automatically goes back to its charge pad for another recharge and someone else to take control of it wow i never it's- thought of that it's like the coin-operated tele, you know. Or put them on the moon, you know. Put them on the moon, Mars, wherever. Yeah. We can all explore wow. these caverns, you know, planets, mm-hmm. Grand Canyon, yeah. deep caves in the Earth. All this stuff can be all of ours to explore at any given time. And somebody's already protected the drone and yeah. the camera, so yep. it's only able to go in a very safe Sure. You have geofencing and then, yeah. Exactly. Right, right, right. I think that's the next thing. I never even thought of that. That would be awesome. Wow. Now, if we eventually move on, because I want to explore the deep, depth, dark oceans, you know, get something we could do that. Oh, sure. That would be great. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where we were or what we were. <laughs> um, we're talking about digital. Yes. Um, did I finish the Inductrix FPV Plus? I don't even remember. Anyway, uh, we'll finish this up and we'll move on. But... Uh, 
So I would say for the extra money, Andre, though, it, it, it is worth it. Just for the, the battery, you know, I was pushing five minutes is no problem whatsoever. Yeah. A couple times I did get six minutes out of the battery. Yes, the batteries are expensive and they're overpriced and I wish I wouldn't have bought. But uh, here shortly, they should have some aftermarket bo- uh, batteries out for them of and course. then we'll, we'll be set. Go ahead. So on the batteries, mm-hmm. and the batteries, no, this is me and you know how I love these yes. connectors. Yes. Wouldn't it be awesome to modify your current yellow inductrix with that connector oh, and right see if the fi- how it performs with the 500? Or do you think the 500 is just going to kill the inductrix as far as uh, weight, to, weight to power ratio? Absolutely. Um, I've read, this was quite a while ago when people were kind of experimenting with batteries uh, with the inductrix. It would be way too heavy. I, I believe, and it would just, you know, your, your weight versus time is, is not going to be manageable. So what I did, though, is, um, you know, I bought a couple, um, actually, I bought a pack from ReadyMade RC. Let me get one out here. Uh, the, now they're selling the 220 milliamp 4590C batteries uh, with the 2.0 okay. plug on it. So what I did is I took okay. my tiny whoop and soldered in the uh, the 2.0 plug, the pigtail on there. Nice. And now I'm running yeah. the new plug with the new type of battery. And, I mean, I am, I guess it does help. Now I'm getting probably three and a half to four minutes roughly with yeah. that. Um, but I, I, I love the Tiny Whoop. I, it is my all-time favorite. Hey, we got a dog here. And... Um, I you know that's my favorite one of all is the tiny whoop so we'll see I'm gonna play around with these batteries a little bit and see what happens and yeah. how long they last because I think the issue with the old connector and I think all of us experiences eventually the battery is just um, I think the resistance is too high throughout the battery so eventually you're just killing off your battery versus yes. you know the, these other ones will help the battery well not help the battery but you're not doing more harm than good so mm-hmm. it will be interesting because if that's the way it goes and eventually I'll start I'll convert over my main uh, my main copter and and try those out but uh, at least i know with my uh, my sky rc one i can still charge uh using the other plug so which one is it because it's is the it's the mcpx charge i guess is that the connector yes yes mcpx okay. that's the plug right there and it's funny because i've never even really seen that plug before and didn't notice it and i was like yeah. i got these batteries i'm like Oh no! I don't think I can I'm charge them. I was starting this, yeah. to freak out a little bit, and I was going to run down to Aerotech, and then I looked at the the high tech X4 charger that I love, and I was like, "Oh, look at there! I can charge them." I was so happy. So, yeah. I actually got the breadboard Ooh. for my regular. Um, yeah. I think it's the Profit Charger or whatever from Horizon. Mm-hmm. It's their big one. Mm-hmm. And it can charge six at once. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you just set whatever your milliamps, say yeah. you have 150 mm-hmm. milliamps, you just times it by six. Yes. Set it to 1S. And yeah, regular board charger. And it charges yeah. them perfect. Yeah. What, I, what I do like about this is if I'm flying both of them, I can put the... Uh, the micro on one set the oh, you know nice. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 four at a time right right, Ooh, right. That is tasty yes <laughs> so if you're interested in the Inductrix Plus go out and buy it because it is it is well worth the money I think for the extra you know but Horizon does have the regular Inductrix on sale right now the bind and fly what were they ninety nine dollars I think or something nice or cheaper nice. maybe eighty nine I don't know but it was on sale so. If you got a, a million little 200 milliamp batteries, go go get yourself an inductor. There you have yep. it. It's That's that the time induction. of year where the indoor flying goes. And it's funny because a lot of people ask me about that. Hey, you know, when you can do any indoor flying with your plane, I'm like, what's indoor flying with a plane? I'm, yeah. not, that, I'm not that spoiled. I'm not that lucky, I should say. Yeah, still waiting on the uh, 
the uh, the new Vapor HP though. Oh, that's one thing I probably ought to mention real quick. Uh, I got an email. Remember me talking about uh, a couple podcasts ago that it was hard to find the uh, batteries, batteries for that thing. So I got an email. Let me find it here real quick because I got to make a shout out to this guy. Man, what a uh, where is it? Those okay, the Venom ones. Yes, and I bought them. This was from Timothy Emmel, E-M-M-E-L. He says, hey, Chris, I found these packs on sale for Black Friday, 89 cents for a two-pack. Grab yourself a bunch. And he gave me the, the link, and I went there, and I bought four packs. So it would be eight. Uh, I bought eight batteries of the same. You know, I forget what it was, like, five bucks or something. Yeah. Nice. So I was like, wow, thank you, Timothy. I mean, that was a lifesaver. So now I got the batteries coming. Now I'm just waiting for the Vapor HP. And as soon as it hits, <laughs> it's mine, I'm going to be cruising around so my airplane indoors. I need to get a better connection. Where, where are you going to fly this in your like house? Lego connection. Yeah. yeah. Like, or they just snap on and the two connectors go boom. Oh, yeah. And if you're done, they yeah. just click right on, you're done. Yeah, that would be nice. What's that, Andre? I was saying, where are you going to fly in your house? I mean, I've been to your house, and I'm like, I, I just, I look at this, and I, I think it's a really neat product, but I, I just can't imagine myself flying. I could fly the little Inductrix better. I felt it's just a, it's a whole different experience. Like I said before, we had all these awesome little quads. My Vapor was my go-to in the winter, and I, like I've said a million times, I flew the daylights. I mean, it's to the point where it's so wore out and wobbly that it, it barely even <laughs> hangs in the air anymore. Yeah. But it flies so slow, so you know I cruise around like I'll I'll sit in mid level. I live in a split level, and I go around the kitchen. Then I go in between, you know the the kitchen down to the downstairs, and cruise around. Then I'll come up the steps, and then it just flies so slow. But what's cool about the HP is now, you know you could you can come upstairs and do a loop or some tight turns or do a touch and go on the table, and it's just going to be a yeah. different different flight experience. And I I really enjoyed the vapor, and still up there somewhere so i'll have to i'll have to break it out and and compare the two the original vapor when i get the new one but i'm yeah, excited it's for that new vapor oh, yeah yeah so i'm i'm really i know you're not andre but i'm pumped with that thing i well, just can't wait i i love my fpv one and uh, we talked about that in, the, in one of the previous podcasts with matt and but it's a ninety dollar for me it's a ninety dollar plus tax so i'm kind of just waiting mm-hmm. and i think i'm gonna I'm going to wait and see if it drops down, and I'll see what your experience with it is, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam will find you yeah, one I on do, Craigslist. Do it six months. I got a card of these things <laughs> for yeah. 12 cents. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting, though. I'm, I'm excited for it because it was one of my favorite planes. It's awesome. Um, let's see. What else we want to talk Let's talk about you for a little bit, Adam. Um, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the... Uh, the new B-17, what went on with the old one, why they don't have it anymore. Can we get into that a little bit? Would that be okay? Sure. And, you know, just explain everything, what happened. They kind of went away for a while, and then you guys got a new plane, and I want to know how's it going and everything. So when we flew, yeah, we were uh, touring with the movie Memphis Bell, which is the airplane they used in the uh, film from 1990. Right. And that was, we were... Um, that airplane was on loan to us um, from the owners. It's still privately owned by um, the name of the family's Talishade. You know those, um, like those ninety fourth Aero Squadron restaurants? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Well, that was all owned by one guy. Oh, okay. His name was David Talishade, and he was a hundredth uh, Bomb Group p- 
pilot flew combat in World War II. Mm -hmm. Then he opened up these restaurants. And ah. He owned a lot of airplanes. One of the last airplanes that the family held on to was this B-17. So um, when we lost Liberty Bell to a fire, mm -hmm. there was a stretch where we didn't, we didn't do anything for a year or two. And then they worked out a deal to take this airplane on tour. And this airplane had never been on tour before. So it was kind of good for us. Um, the plane had a lot of... We worked on it a lot. It was, <laughs> it was kind of beat up a little bit. It was bit. beat up. Yeah. It was it was pretty rough. But we took that on tour for two or three years. And then um we came into a issue with our exemption with the FAA. And so there was a period of time where basically we could not operate the aircraft giving rides. So the airplane basically sat in Douglas, Georgia. Um during that time, we weren't able to make money with it. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, the owners decided to um, terminate the lease, basically. I got you. Now, real quick before you go too far, here's a historic airplane that, you know, there's not a lot of these around, and you guys are traveling the country, you're showing it off, you're putting people in it, you're taking them for a which I think is absolutely phenomenal. What was the FAA's big issue with that? Was it because it was too old? I mean, because obviously, you know, you guys are doing work and keeping up the maintenance and everything. Was it? But what was their problem? It was that all stemmed from when we lost Liberty Bell. Oh, so okay. It's, it's still fallback from that because I don't know if you ever noticed, but like if you anytime there's a an incident that the FAA has to investigate, like a airplane crash or mm -hmm. uh, take the Icon. Oh yeah, yeah, crash, yeah. For example. They won't release their report for probably another 12 months. Right. So, it's a long backlog of stuff. So, yeah, the FAA problems stemmed from Liberty Bell, mm -hmm. mostly. Not really anything to do with the current aircraft. And they're just... And a lot of times they change the way... Basically, they change the way the paperwork needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So, there was a lot of other things that we had to have in place and in line and that the FAA wanted done a certain way. So the owners decided to terminate the lease. They took it back. It's now based out of uh, Geneseo, New York, which is like upstate Northwest New York. Mm -hmm. um, and the airplane didn't fly for like a long time. Hmm. They worked on it for a little bit. And then only recently has it started flying again. Oh, very limited. Wow. Um, so then we were, without another airplane mm -hmm. for a while. So we managed to work out a deal with um, an airplane that was recently sent to Oregon. Used to be in Texas. Then it was owned by a museum in Virginia Beach. Uh, and then they ran into some financial trouble. They sold off a bunch of airplanes. This guy's like a huge collector. And the place in Madras, Oregon bought it. It's a museum up there. And so they bought it, repainted it, did some work on it, and then, um, you know, they weren't really doing anything with it. So we managed to work out a deal to lease that airplane um, to tour the country with. So it's kind of beneficial. We get we get to tour the airplane. We get to do what we do. And, mm -hmm. you know, the airplane gets shown off and they get reimbursed. Right. Versus the airplane just, kind just of sitting, sitting there. there. They, were, they were just going to throw it in a museum and... Yeah, they were going to keep it airworthy, but it's not. It wasn't going to fly very much. Mm -hmm. So wow. And how's it going? I mean, uh, the 
tour's good. I think yeah. it ended two weeks ago. Uh-huh. The airplane's back in Oregon. I guess it'll winter uh-huh. in Oregon. Um, I know I remember the last time I talked, I didn't know whether it was going to winter in Georgia or Oregon. I think it was just going to be easier. Either that we were going to have to fly their people down to Georgia or we were going to have to fly our people up to Oregon. So, hmm. Um, yeah, that's where it's at. Now, a big event coming in May of 2018, people should start making your plans now, <laughs> is um, <laughs> uh, in May, they're going to unveil the real Memphis Bell in Dayton. Oh, it's almost going to be done. Huh? Yes. So the big rollout is, I can't remember the date off the top of my head, but it's on the anniversary of the Memphis Bell's cruise 50th or 25th mission. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're going to roll it out and it's going to be a big thing. They're trying to get, they invited almost every flying B-17. Oh, really? In the country. Oh, that would be so awesome. To be there. And they're going to be in Urbana again, like the B-25 mm-hmm. that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And May so 17th. 717th. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a big thing. Um, I don't know how many B-17s will come, mostly because that's a lot. You're talking lots of money to move a B-17 halfway across the country. Right. Like I know for a fact ours won't probably be there because just to get it from Oregon to here will be, and that's right at the beginning of when we start touring. We're probably on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. But even if we get three, three would be pr- pretty good. But you're talking about something that costs five thousand six thousand dollars an hour to operate wow i didn't know it was that high <laughs> Jeez, you know, you're burning 200 gallons of fuel an hour <laughs> man yeah. wow there's something like you know you're, you're talking about twenty thousand dollars per plane to get it there probably man uh, you remember when the uh the lancaster flew across the atlantic ocean i wish i yeah. think it what was it was that i think that was an eighty thousand dollar flight or something like a hundred it was nuts Hmm. You could actually buy a flight on that too. That's how they offset yes. some of the uh, costs. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey, for thirty grand, you can fly on this vintage warbird. We can't guarantee you'll actually make. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and you could you could have to bail yeah. over the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, oh. my my dad did that. He flew on Liberty Bell on a B seventeen across the North Atlantic. Wow. In the yeah. summer, and they you know they would go through drills like i remember there's a video of um they made a documentary about it there's a video of the the owner of the airplane and then the chief pilot Mm -hmm. and they basically said there's i think the life rafts they had in the plane at the time were where the life rafts were during world war ii which is right behind the cockpit there Mm -hmm. and they basically said you know if we have to go down in the water (laughs) basically there's enough room for me and him and the life raft and the rest of your (laughs) Have fun. <laughs> oh, my yeah, yeah. gosh. Yeah. Wow. Adam, I'm going to throw you on the spot here, and I don't, I don't know if you can even answer it right away. Maybe we'll come back. But as long as you've been around, as many people have you seen, you know, come on the B-17, a lot of times wherever you guys go, you find somebody who, who was uh, whether a crew member or did some flights on the B-17 in, in World War II. Do you have a favorite story or a story that was really hit you or touched you on somebody that, you know, was on the B-17 during the war? Veterans are so spare or so sparse anymore. They are now. A lot of times it's very unfortunate that we don't get to fly a lot of them. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are just not physically able to get Mm -hmm. up into Mm -hmm. the plane. Mm -hmm. So 
a lot of my stories, a lot of the ones that I've really, that kind of touch you, mm-hmm. are more of families. That, um, for instance, this past time in Columbus, that this woman was walking, uh, they were getting ready to walk into the plane to walk through it. And this woman basically was just broke down in really? tears and was, you know, explained to her kids. So, you know, that's where your grandpa flew and she was pointing and she's just bawling. Wow. Just broke down. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they'll younger people, will they'll ask if they can sit in a specific spot. Mm-hmm. And we'll wait till the crowds die down and then we'll. A lot of times, if it's in the nose, you're not because we don't have people going the nose when we're walking through. It's just kind of a yeah. ease of access thing. Right. But I remember in Columbus there was a guy that his grandfather was a navigator, and they after everybody was gone, we let him sit at the navigator's table. And it's just kind of that moment of like this well, is you what experience it was where like. you sit there and you're oh just like, yeah, the turret. Yeah, you just have to imagine yourself right sitting there and people trying to blow you out of the sky and yeah, mm-hmm. freezing cold and yeah. I had the chance to go through that plane when it was at the maps back in 2001. And I even meant the pilot at the time for the Memphis Bell. And just climbing through that and imagining, you know, guys sitting down the toilet. Oh, yeah. It's just mind boggling. Yep. Now, back in the day, so this would have been late 90s, mid 90s, sometime around there. Um, Really, one of the only other plane, only B 17 touring back then was by the EAA. Back then, your flight was probably closer to an hour. Mm hmm. And you actually got to fly the airplane for 10 minutes. Really? When you bought your ticket. <laughs> You're kidding. So I remember my mom bought my dad a ticket. And back then it was like three something. And with that, <laughs> for $300, you got an hour ride and you got a free jacket. Wow. So they we weren't were in, making any money back then on that thing, were so they? We were in Lancaster. Well, remember gas probably cost. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It was a dime cheaper compared back to then. what it is now. But we were in Lancaster, Ohio, and my dad was on the next flight to go up. And the airplane was out at the end of the runway. It was warming the engines up, and it taxied back in. Oh. So bad magneto. So we uh. had to wait, and we flew out of uh, Falcon Field uh, near Toledo, I think. And um, I remember it was cold. It was overcast. Uh. It was like basically you were back in England. Yeah. And... But he got to a fly, and I remember on his flight, they had a B-17 veteran pilot, and they let this guy buzz the field at about 300 feet off the deck. Really? Oh, my gosh. And you just saw a plane coming, and my dad said that guy was flying it the whole time. Unbelievable. In his mid-80s. Really? Oh, that's so, that is so cool. Like riding a bike. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Man. Um, I the think other, the other thing real quick, the other thing is when you're talking about vets is a lot of times it's kind of weird for me because my grandfather was really into that stuff, mm-hmm. the history, and he was our bomb group's main historian. And But a lot of these vets will come out and they haven't seen a B-17 since World War II. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of times you'll get guys that the last time they were in a B-17, they never landed. They were shot down. Oh, wow. So you'll get these guys that. They haven't seen, they haven't been inside one of these things since they were shot down. Wow. That's crazy. You know, I got a, a quick little story. It was r- really kind of hit me a little bit. And I, it's just things you don't think about. And I heard, I heard this story um, quite a bit before I actually went to it for a ride. So, you know, that, that story's always stuck with me. So I've told you before when we went for that ride, I, I just, 
I was blown away and you know my, my mind went right back into like world war ii and sitting in that thing and it's shaking and it like you said don't wear the earplugs i want you to get the full effect and it's you know oh it's just crazy and, you know you're looking around you can look, almost look through the skin of the airplane and <laughs> see daylight but anyway I, I believe it was the, the collins foundation b17 is the one i actually went through and it, little old guy probably in his 90s he, he was really cool though real kind of upbeat and chipper for a 90 some year old guy and he was telling us about the the he was the bottom turret got you know little guy in there and talking about that and everything and and then he goes uh one time they went to go on a flight and you know they were was like those electric heated yep. suits or whatever well once they got going and they were out a little ways his electric suit quit well you know at that altitude you don't have your electric suit you're you're gonna you know start getting frostbite and freeze and at that point you know how many crew members did they have on there six seven guys ten guys they didn't turn around for one guy because your suit quit working he says i huddled down in the corner and he goes i was just waiting to die like i was just gonna freeze to death and that was it that's the way it was because they weren't turning around and luckily Something happened to the airplane. They were having an engine problem or whatever, and they didn't want to go into combat like that. So they turned around and went back, and that was the only reason he lived that day oh, wow. on that airplane. And I was like, whoa, you know? But just to think, you know, oh, this is it. I'm just going to sit down here and go to sleep and freeze oh, to death, geez. and that's the end. And a lot of people, when they talk about the, the ball turret gunner, the, the ball that hangs underneath the airplane, a lot of them think that, that had to have been the most dangerous place to be yeah was actually the safest place statistically on the airplane because mm-hmm. you're you're surrounded by bulletproof glass and yeah um armor plating right what, what got me though was is uh he was saying if i remember i could be wrong but i thought he told me when when they got going he got in that thing and he stayed in there until they got back which was sometimes eight nine ten hours he was in that thing and i was like really you're i mean <sighs> Stuck in that thing for that long, not really being able to walk or move around. Go to oh the bathroom. My. Yeah, how did they do that? Like, I never even thought about you that. You hold it. You hold Actually, it? Actually, the, the B-17s, originally, they had a toilet in the back. Oh, really? Yeah, you yeah. don't ever see. Uh-huh. I don't think there is one around that has it. But there was a, you look at old pictures, there's a white, I don't think it's porcelain, but yeah. white metal uh-huh. Well, in the back, I'll be like just a bucket, or yeah, did they have a hole much. in the bucket? No, no, it was <laughs> a bucket, a tube in <laughs> yeah, the tube. Yeah, wow, go. <laughs> that's crazy. So you definitely didn't want to drink a lot of coffee though before you got <laughs> into the the gun turret for sure. Ooh, man, crazy stories. All right, uh, anything hey. else you wanted to add or any other questions, Andre? No, I was just gonna say, uh, Adam, David, uh, David says hello. From oh, Sweden. David Vindenstall. Hey, buddy, what's, what's going on? on? The chat. All yeah. right. So, I know um, I've been uh, I've been up and close with the uh, the Canadian Lancaster, and so that one's got a soft spot soft spot in my heart as well. It's been pretty neat to see that airplane in person. So, hmm. I but yeah, on my bucket list is a ride in the B seventeen. So we'll see when that happens. Oh man, unbelievable! Hey, just for yeah. uh, just for fun of it, I mean, you guys probably all seen it. And I figured we just chat about it a little bit. What about this thing blowing up on the news and everything about the uh, Navy guys drawing the little, you know what, uh, <laughs> oh, no, up in the yeah. sky? Have you heard about that, Chloe? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. Well, they uh, decided to go up with their smoke and draw a little stick and berries up into the sky. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and uh, they got in uh, some hot water over. It. I don't. I I forget what what happened to them. They got in some deep trouble for that, though, didn't they, Adam? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 
what's going to happen, but I I think it annoys me actually. It's just this this society of everyone's insulted by everyone yes. else. Yeah. Like we were saying earlier, like the woman in the article said, Well, what if my you know, five year old son sees this in the sky and he's asked me what it is? So well, A, if he asks you what it is, you don't have to explain it. Yeah. And if he does know what it is, also you don't, you don't have, have to, to explain, explain it. it. Right, right. Right. It's a teaching moment, you know? <laughs> I think there's so many other things we could be concerned about. Yeah. And worrying uh, yeah about slightly. That. Slightly. And I don't know. I mean, I watched the video, and honestly, like, unless you're really kind of thinking about it, you wouldn't know what it was anyway. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's just an opportunity for more memes online. Yeah, right. I think it's kind of funny myself, though. What, was it saluting? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny, but if a Navy guy loses his wings because of that, yeah, that's that's, I, that's bad. Yeah. I don't, right? Yeah, I don't he, he think did he a couple. Should he did uh, multiple high G turns with smoke on. Yeah, what right. Do? Yeah, big deal. Yeah, it just happened exactly. to be. Yeah, you know. But if it was me and I did, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was just up cruising around, did some loops, you know. It's supposed to be a dollar sign. Yeah, dollar sign. <laughs> I was a little off on my turns. What can I say, you know? I don't know. I think it's kind of funny, though. They did admit it, and I hope they just, whatever, it'll blow over. Slap on the wrist. Yeah, don't Move worry on. about it. Actually, I think it's awesome that they admitted it. Yeah. Just over a tower. It. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's actually kind of Heart like a... I love those mems. The hard deck ones were the best. Oh yeah, <laughs> you got to admire their ability. You know, yeah, <laughs> <They're>, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like Adam was saying, they're Navy guys. I mean, it's probably, probably younger. It's probably an old girlfriend's house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> what if it starts blowing over like a you know a children's you know <laughs> nursery school, yeah. or something? Oops. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty harmless. They're just having a little fun. I mean, come on. You the know? people that are probably really upset about that are the same people that are obsessed with chemtrails. <laughs> oh, we ain't gonna go and get into that, are <laughs> What's we? Chemtrail. You never heard of a chemtrail? You know, like uh, the. Uh, I don't even know where to begin with this. The the condensation contrail. that comes out of a normal jet, yeah, you know that you see yeah, up yeah. in the sky. Well, there's a whole conspiracy theory that uh, the government is spraying stuff in the air. And oh, all the, okay, yeah, and they yeah. call them chemtrails. And yeah, we could go on and on about for hours, but <laughs> we, we ain't gonna get into that. <laughs> kind of like the flat Earth thing. You know, I'm not going there. Oh, uh, put some fertilizer in there. Yeah. Uh, um, let's see. Oh, I know what we could talk about real quick because we were kind of t- uh, into the FPV stuff and everything for a little while. I think I have it. I'm going to pop Andre down here. Um, the new DJI. That's not it. Let's see here. DJI <laughs> Race Edition goggles. Anybody seen these yet? I'll pull them up here on the screen. Ooh, they're yeah. black. They are black. Um. I don't really know a whole lot about them, so I'm just going to kind of read through them. I did look at them a little bit. 
OcuSync video transmission module, DJI goggles deliver FPV video with the ultimate speed, stability, and clarity. The OcuSync video transmission module offers both 2.4 and 5.8 gigahertz dual band digital video transmission with latency as low as 50 milliseconds and the maximum control range up to 7 kilometers. That's pretty good. Equipped with an array of powerful features such as a 1280 by 960 HD transmission, automatic, automatic frequency hopping spe spread spectrum transmission (FHSS). This module is comparable or compatible with a variety of multi-rotor and fixed-wing aircraft, packed with advanced techs and features, as well as external modules to suit a variety of setups. DJI goggles. Uh, RE achieve immersive drone racing that is unparalleled. Now, Andre, do you know off the top of your head, like if you didn't want to buy their um, uh, module to put on your drone or whatever, you could just use those with a normal 5.8 transmitter? I think, you, well, the goggles wouldn't receive it, so you'd have to do an AV input, which defeats the whole purpose of these goggles. So you're kind of, you're kind of buying into their... Their whole system. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But the advantage is, I mean, we've seen how good the new mm -hmm. video is on the uh, on things like the Mavic, right? Uh, with the other goggles, um, so it's uh, y you know, you're getting you're getting their protocol, and this is something we this is what we were talking about earlier in the show. You know, someone else is entering into the market and saying, okay, you know, is this DJI DJI's answer to Fat Shark, and potentially it is, but you know, it all depends on how. Well, maybe the goggles are that, you know, it's funny because none of us have tried this level of um, uh, vision. I mean, and there's a, in the link here, I'll throw the link on the show. Okay. Um, there's, a, there's, it looks like, I can't tell if you are just, if you're able to buy their module or if it's a module and camera um, that, that are uh, together. So uh, it is kind of interesting and, and paste, here you go. Imagine... It yeah. looks like the well, camera. Really I, I think the camera is separate. Uh, the DJI OcuSync camera compatible with the DJI goggles. Already use it, and it talks about the camera a little bit. Much higher resolution video transmission. The most analog FPV goggles on the market. Also uses a global shutter, significantly reducing rolling shutter effect caused by high frequency yeah. vibration. 148 degree field of view with a low distortion lens delivers a wide yet natural looking camera view. Um. Now you know what I want. Then if they're if they're making a module that you can just slap onto anything, mm -hmm. well, I'm wondering. I I want this for my P4. You know, mm -hmm. like, let's you know let's get rid of the uh, the the light bridge and you know be able to drop a module right into my P4 and put another little module into into the remote and Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it looks like yeah, it looks it looks like that they have a camera module and everything. But I'm kind of well, obviously you know eventually there's gonna they're gonna have the bridge where okay, here's your transmitter, plug mm -hmm. into any of your other kit, and you're compatible with us. Mm -hmm. But now suddenly we have a manufacturer who's got some decent tech behind them giving us that transmission option. So that's pretty cool. Like you're gonna be able to you know you and your buddies could theoretically be flying around in HD and. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, and not be on top of each other's frequency. So. Right. Uh, it does have twelve select selectable transmission channels. Access to low interference transmission channels is key to success for FPV racing, especially when multiple drones are flying simultaneously. Manually choose up to twelve different transmission channels. Uh, we talked about the automatic FHSS. 
switch between 2.4. I do like the switch between 2.4 and 5.8. That's uh, yeah, that's really handy in noisy environments. Yes, uh, you can connect two pairs of DJI goggles RE or an extra controller with an extra pair of goggles. A spectator can experience the thrill of drone racing from the same perspective as a pilot. A second user can also view the pilot's FPV platform or FPV from a smartphone with a Mavic controller. Hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. So they're still expensive. Five forty nine is the the price. Yeah, but you know that's is that down from the? I don't remember if it's down from the initial price. But I mean the goggles, the the white goggles only came out in the spring. Like uh, I flew them in May mm-hmm. uh, when we were visiting. So what's going to be? Uh, you know, how about next year? You know, like what's the cost? So it, it's just hey, it's neat to have some another option. So. You mm-hmm. know, um, especially if they if the goggles actually work out and have a good runtime and everything, you can go with the field. Um, does that? I don't think it has a DVR. Uh, let me look. I'll read a little bit more here. Flight control, DJRE goggles use bottom up processings, which means a signal reception module isn't required. A connecting by connecting a third party controller to the goggles, users can directly control racing drones with an F3, F4, or KISS, NASE, or any other supported flight controller. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Also, go through and do your menus. Yeah, also gimbal control. Head tracking gimbal mode. The user can control the gimbal camera by just putting on the goggles and turning their head. On-screen display, essential flight information, including transmission resolution, battery level, signal quality is easily visible on the screen. Digital and analog transmission, in addition to HD digital transmission, DJI goggles offer analog transmission via their SMA port, which is what you were talking about earlier. Multiple antennas for every flight. The goggles can be purchased with a set of three external antennas for a different scenario. More compatibility, more comfort. Compatible with the Mavic Pro, Spark, Phantom 4 Series, Inspire 2. Yeah, we knew that, including... So it looks like they kind of redesigned the headband a little bit, too. Made it more um, comfortable as I'm looking at them here. Yeah, it looks a little less bulky than the first one. Yeah, for Um, sure. I wonder if the battery's still on the back, but... Either way, like I said, it's it's so they've revised the product in six months, so you know, and made something a little different, and it's I, I think they're going to go. So mm-hmm. this is their this is their opening foray into the the FPV market, which is probably really good for them and the market. So we'll see how these video protocols go. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to keep an eye on them, see what uh, what happens with these goggles. Yeah, I'd like to try set though. I haven't even had a pair of DJI goggles on yet. Mm. But really, if you think about it, I mean, they're pretty on price with the top-of-the-line fat sharks, though, for what what you're getting. Especially if they had the option where you could actually do do an analog. You know, it's funny. It's almost like they just just need to make the port available, and, okay, I'm going to switch back to my 5.8 and run it from there. Mm -hmm. All right. So there you have it, the DJI goggles. Um, What did Bill – Bill Decker wanted to know, any Avios Grand Tundra uh, release dates yet? Tired of waiting. Um, yeah, Bill, I haven't no heard anything. No. Um, I, I asked uh, before the show, and the only thing Steve mentioned to me was the fact that Hobby King was having their, their free shipping event. So, 
Hmm. Um, so no word on any of their planes, which is kind of, uh, you know. I like, know. Uh, yeah, I, with Christmas right yeah. right here. Uh, no, I yeah. haven't heard anything about. They've been teasing the 109 forever, mm-hmm. you know, and I haven't seen that yet. I thought for sure that would be here. Before, the way they were teasing it, they would be here before Christmas. I don't know what's going on over there. Do you have a picture of it? I haven't seen the the one hundred and nine. Yeah, the no. Grand Tundra. Uh, I think I do somewhere on my phone. Yeah, or Andre. Yeah. Any, there's pictures out on the internet, isn't there? Of it. There's yeah. There's little bits here and there. It's it's you know it's uh, like a winter scheme. It's or a, something? Uh, I can't remember. It's been so long. Like scheme we talk- is close. It's close. It's got. It's more of a classic scheme to mm-hmm. the existing tundras. Uh, it looks more like a you know, and it's it's got a deep blue and a and a green. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so I don't know. I don't know. I suspect that the like Chris Gooden is saying that there's possibly issues. I think they've just decided that you know the market. Uh, you know they're saving all their stuff for coming into 2018. At least that's my. Um, uh, you know, my, my feeling about it is, is, you know, yeah, I don't know because yeah, exactly. we've, we talked about the grand tundra, Chloe, all the way back in January, late January, January. early February. Yeah. And we yeah. were just like pumped. We thought for sure springtime and then that didn't happen. And we thought, okay, summer, nope, fall, nope. And still nothing. Hopefully they start doing like what Apple and Microsoft does and does a release conference. Oh. Like maybe like at flight fest, have the stage, you know, and here's a line of our new planes mm-hmm. and like. <laughs> gets people to come out and see them and everything. That'd be awesome. They they used to do that back in the day. You know, we talked about that with Matt a little bit. Uh, Andrin from Horizon is, you know, we couldn't wait. Like every early spring, we knew we were getting a Warbird or right around the Toledo show. Uh, one of the manufacturers, or if not both, always released a plane that mm-hmm. was new. Uh, usually around um, fall, we got new planes coming in the Christmas or something. And now it doesn't seem that way. It's like, Whenever they get it, like Horizon, just they've they've really shocked me here in the last couple of years. When they have something yeah. roll out, it's just boom, here it is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, where'd that come from? And I think yeah. with social media now and everything that they can do with Facebook and live Facebook and you know Twitter and Instagram and all that, that it doesn't matter anymore. It's like when we have it, we're releasing it. Maybe it's because they've got so many engineers and they've got so many projects going that they're finally coming to fruition mm-hmm. and they're just, we don't have time. We need to release these things. It could be. The, the, and the logistics of getting every, um, when we talked to the guys from Hobby King, they full on said they're not going to do um, the long teases anymore. You know, things like the P40, they teased it and it took oh a year my to come gosh. out yeah. and stuff. And and the logistics of getting everything to the warehouses, they, they said they would get so much um, uh, negative feedback from the public when they say, okay, we're rolling this plane out, but we don't have it in this warehouse and oh, that mm-hmm. warehouse is another right. three weeks out. So people right. are like, ah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it doesn't make a difference because I have to order internationally anyhow. I'm like, yeah. eh, whatever. How have they been doing with um, these new planes, you know, keeping stock of replacement parts? Because, like, I just bought the Commander, and mm-hmm. some of these parts are already on back order. And, and other planes that have come out, parts are on back order. Yeah. Uh, Horizon's been a little bit bad on it. I will admit that. And I don't know, like, even, you know, Matt was talking a little bit, for instance, with the uh, Ultra Micro Timber. That caught them a little off guard, like how well that thing started selling and it went on back yeah. order like twice and they were running out of part. Like it just hit them yeah. way harder than what they thought. And I think, 
you know, depending on the plane, it's kind of a guess, like, are we going to have all these extra parts and, and these planes sitting on our shelves? You know, what? Mm-hmm. I think it's just a hit and miss thing, or all of a sudden it's a hit, and now they're selling like hotcakes, and then we can't keep parts. You know, what do you do? I'm I'm spoiled because you showed me that timber. Now, every time I go look for a UMX, <laughs> yeah. nothing compares to it, whether it's the battery size, the way it flies, the quality. It's just that... Better not be your first plane because you'll be spoiled. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, hey, speaking of planes, though, you know, you you uh, picked up the F twenty seven, and also you finally got your hands on the Ultra Micro Commander. Yep. Right. Yep. Have you taken it out? Checked it you out? Or any? Commander. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I had it on uh, the Whoa. day the Aerotech had them. Mm-hmm. Um, took it out. Um, flies great. Does it's it? Got, it's got a lot of power. Dual plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, dual prop. Yep. Um, it doesn't have the safe mode, which I wanted, but oh. what I found was, is that it really doesn't need it. Oh, really? If you're going to buy something that you want to learn to fly a, mi- a little micro plane, maybe you're like me where you've only been flying planes with gyros in mm-hmm. them so far, mm-hmm. this is a good transition plane to go with because one, you don't have the option to back out. You know, you ha- you're committed yeah. once it's in the plane, in the air. Mm-hmm. What I did, I set my expos up to 35 to 50, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, and softened everything. Yep. Yep. And it flies real gentle that way. And uh, it'll get all the altitude you want, mm-hmm. um, do any aerobatics you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only criticism I would say I have on it is that y- you're better to belly land it without the gear that they uh. include. I have ordered f- now four um, wheel replacement kits. Oh, wow. And they only sell them with the front and the rear wheels together. Mm-hmm. And every time I've tried to land that plane with the wheels, whether it's on on um, asphalt or grass, they snap off. I even had one where I was taxiing to take off and the front wheel snapped off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so what are you running on? Just <laughs> smooth asphalt. Yeah, you know? wow. And, and now, I'm is, is the, that little wire... Is it, yeah, is it the wire breaking or the actual wheel breaking? It's the wire it breaks and it breaks right where it connects into the turn turning mechanism oh, for okay. the wheel. Yeah. It snaps right there. Uh. Every time all four wheels have done it and it's huh. a, almost a guarantee when I take it up. Maybe it's me, but I'm landing it very softly. I've tried bringing it into grass mm-hmm. just to smooth. Mm-hmm. takes it right off every time. Wow. So, I just prefer to fly it now without it. Yeah. Hand launch it. Get some floats. Floats. It is a fun plane. It takes an 800 milliamp battery, mm-hmm. which I tried flying it before with something smaller, the, the 300 mm-hmm. and 500. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fly right. Mm-hmm. You really need that, that 800. 800. And I, wow. I tuck it way up into the cockpit. Mm-hmm. You'll see when they put the um, Velcro strip in there, it goes travels all the way up in there. At first, I had it in the nose, and it was too heavy. Uh, put it way back in yeah. there, and it just flew real, no real kidding. smooth. Now, obviously, it's not an uh, ultra micro timber, but what are some of the? Obviously, it's a lot faster. But what about like just cruising around, slowing it down, everything? Does it? Um, it likes to stay fast Does a little it? bit. Yeah, it likes airspeed. It doesn't have flaps or anything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. to slow it down. But, um, you know, again, I would rate myself as an intermediate pilot, you know, to beginner to intermediate with yeah. these kind of things. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see you fly it, which I actually brought it today, <laughs> if you want. Yeah, I um, want to check it out. Yeah, and see what your thoughts are about mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah, sure. I definitely want to check it out. But cool. pretty good plane, though, huh? Love it. Love oh, it. Good. Love it. 
Yeah. yeah I want to get a couple more of them, you know, for my kids and mm-hmm. my dad and stuff. Cause it's a great plane. Again, you know, if you're not comfortable um, flying without the gyro. This is a great plane. It's just, it's just nice and stable and it has speed if you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You you don't still fly the Ultramicro Timber with the Safe Select, do you? Oh no! Oh, I didn't uh, think so. I mean, the only time that I will flip that on now is if I get into trouble, like if it's far out and mm-hmm. I can't quite see what I'm doing. Yeah. If, it, if I want to reorient myself, I'll flip that on um, and then reorient the plane. But that's very rare. Normally, that that plane I just fly around the front of my house. You know, no safe mode needed. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on because we, we've uh, talked about it a little bit and went back and forth on some text. Now, you have the Carbon Z T28. Oh, yeah. And you're having a little issues with it for a little while and it wasn't flying right. Or actually, the receiver was bad in it, right? The stock receiver. I and bought you- it with a bad receiver in it. And again, you know, I wasn't sure that if it was just me not setting something up right. Mm-hmm. But I have plenty of other Horizon planes and Spectrum receivers. I know what it, how it should work. Right. So working with the technician on the phone from Horizon, he walked me through everything and confirmed it was bad. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided to Frankenstein it with something else in there. So you sent me a text because you you love your Carbon Z Cessna 150. You fly the daylight. I mean, that is a good plane. That thing is the best. Yes. So I was really surprised that you said, hey, I bought another um, Cessna 150 receiver and I'm going to stick it in the T28 and see what happens. Now, I'll be honest with you. Initially, I thought, yeah, okay, it'll, it should probably will fly and probably be okay. But I was worried that um, like yeah. the gain settings were going to be way off. Yeah, because it's programmed for the Cessna. It's a, it's a quite a bit more docile in a way yeah. you know, than what the T20. It's a lot faster. <laughs> And I, I, I figured it would work, but not really work as well as what you were telling me. So what made you decide, like, hey, I'm going to try this? And how did it go? Well, in my um, enthusiastic ignorance, <laughs> I decided <laughs> to buy another receiver for the Cessna 150. And I put it in. And on the T28, the antenna is normally mounted. You know how they have the orientation of them. Mm-hmm. They have to have... The antenna on that is mounted toward the back of the plane. Well, in the Cessna 150, it's mounted toward the front. Both of them have a molded spot where the thrust line and the CG line is where it needs to go. go, So I did just basically some guessing and prayed, you know. I Mm. figured, you know, the thing's been sitting in the corner. I was ready to give up on this plane. Right. Totally. I just was disgusted, you know, because I knew that this was a little out of my reach to be able to pilot this. And I don't have access a lot to a lot of times to have other people fly with me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to wrangle this thing in. <clears throat> so I got the idea. I'm going to get this receiver, put it in there. And um, I know how to program the receivers with the software and everything. Unfortunately, this go. receiver, <laughs> once you get it from Horizon, they've flashed it with the software with mm-hmm. the safe select in there. You don't have access to editing the the thrusts and you know, lines and the gains and everything. You have to go with what's in there. Right. So fundamentally, I figured the plane is pretty close to what I need. I I needed six channels. And I've seen other people online do the same thing to the T28 with a safe receiver from the Apprentice. Mm -hmm. But the Apprentice only has five channels. So I wanted six. I wanted my retracts to work on everything like the plane should. Uh So I put this in there, glued it in there, 
and I made a video <laughs> I'll, I'll put out on my Facebook later um, of the maidening flight and everything else. We're going to do some fun stuff with that. But I'll tell you what, the plane, all, I had to know this was going to work or it wasn't. We took it out to the field and all I did was put the flaps down, throttled it up and just took my hands off the stick and let it go. The plane took off, flew level, straight, beautiful. It did exactly what it normally does. It's trying to gain altitude mm -hmm. when you're mm -hmm. lower, on the throttle. Yeah, on the throttle. It got up to about 150 feet or whatever, and it started to level out a little bit. I had to do a little bit of trimming. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as the servos go, you only need to reverse two servos. You need to reverse your um, gear switch and your rudder. For some reason, you need to reverse the rudder. Mm -hmm. So other than that, the plane became just totally docile wow. to fly but it has that roar and yeah i could fly it low to the ground i could do all the things i did with the cessna i was just having absolute ball was easy to land i pancaked it one time coming mm -hmm. in because i had the flaps on i wasn't ready for that 12 pounds of plane oh just yeah boom, boom yeah drop yeah, yeah. so i had to <laughs> i had to do a little bit of repair there for my um my front nose gear mm -hmm. bend it back in it was fine and then after that, I've been bringing it in with a little grease and bacon, yeah. you know, coming in a little faster yep. with the flaps full down, mm -hmm. and it just sets down. And I mean, there's people it's, that are driving in their trucks, and landscapers <laughs> are stopping and watching, and you hear this, and yeah. it's yeah. as it's going you know, by. They're impressed. They're looking at this plane like, you know, whoa, is this chick flying this huge plane, <laughs> yeah. and it's awesome. Yeah. And so once I got it up, a couple times I started to take it out of the safe mode just mm -hmm. to see because because that's really what I wanted to do. Yeah. I wanted to have the option to um, to get it up there, learn its flight characteristics in a more um, controlled environment. Once I did, I started to see you know how it flew like a pillow almost yeah. <laughs> on a ball. Yeah, and the plane really likes to stay fast, mm -hmm. it, you know, and to keep it balanced and and flying normal. And um, I got a tour I could go around now around the flight field, you know, without doing tricks or stun or flipping it over or anything. I can fly it without the safe on mm -hmm. and keep it balanced. And uh, I haven't landed it yet without it. Well, mm. that's not true. I, I flew the plane twice with before that receiver was in it. Right. And and it was just I was sick in the stomach and <laughs> I literally was sweating and shaking. Yeah. And I don't know why. You yeah. know, it's like, okay, you know, it's a styrofoam plane right. Right? Yeah, at the end of the day. But yeah. you got, you're invested. Yeah. You're right. invested. Yeah. And you don't want to crash no, it. Yeah. None of us want to bruise our planes. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, right. Uh, Not the first time or yeah. second time or even right. the 20th time. Yep. But I got it down and then it just sat in the corner of my basement all summer. Mm -hmm. And every time I go down there and look at that thing and I would just be just upset. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I want. Do, do, do you want to? Do you want to know what it is here in Canada? Buy one of those. Do you no. want to know? Yeah, about I want to know what it is. About eight hundred. Eight hundred and twenty. Yeah, wow. Pretty close. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's actually on sale now. You could probably pick one up for about six hundred and fifty. Oh, that's but not bad. I, I would never fit that in my car. No. No. <laughs> How do you transport that thing? She I has have, a big I, SUV. I have it? a Ford Explorer, yeah. but even yeah. still, it's kind of a pain to take apart. Mm -hmm. And if they would re-release this plane or do like a 2.0 version, my I would say, hey, 
make it have the same quick connects that you're doing now in the new plane. Right. There's six connections you have to make, Mm -hmm. and they're not the greatest location. You have to have somebody holding the plane or have a cradle to put it in while you're putting it all back together. And I I would rather them have some quick screws or something. I have to take a... um, a small drill with me to, you know, to, the screws are, you know, like no two and a half, three inches long. Wow. They're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But once you get it all together and it starts to get going, it's just, oh. yeah. They, they've definitely yeah. learned, like, that was the second big, large foam airplane that, yeah. you know, they had the, the um, Carbon Z Cub. That yeah. was the first one. Again, great airplane because you, you see now tons of power, but it is a pain to put together and take yeah. apart. And then the, the Carbon Z T twenty eight, and then, than the Cessna and so they're learning they're getting better every time yeah. you know and with the Cessna with the quick release and the plugs and yeah you know they're they're learning they for sure they need to do a 2.0 biplane oh you know what I mean yeah. or a jet or a jet yeah uh, yeah how yeah. about that carbon Z uh globe swift did you look that up I, haven't seen I that. didn't look that up no Ooh. but you, that's what you, you seen on the on the board though right yeah carbon I Z think so. globe swift Let's look that up here real quick. See what that. Andre heck doesn't is. like it. He doesn't like it. No. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. It was the one that you showed me. It looked like a Mustang. Yeah, it was kind of like it doesn't really look like a Mustang, but it was it was post war. Post paint. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it was, was the grill. Yeah, yeah. So it was that grill on the. Yeah, front. <laughs> it, it's kind of. It was kind of like a poor man's Mustang. It, it was kind of made to go fast and. Oh, that thing's ugly. Oh, you don't like it either. No. <laughs> All right. All right. Hit, oh. hit the thumbs up what, button if you think that's a neat the, plane. It, <laughs> it looks like a com. It, to me, it looks like a combination of a uh, a Mooney and a um, Lance Air. Uh, I was gonna say a um, oh crap. Be uh, uh, the F three three. What the uh, um. um Bonanza. 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 Yeah, that's what it looks like. Bonanza. Yeah, a cross between it's a Mooney and a Bonanza. It's very Art Deco. It's very... Ooh, like the silver. This here? Yeah, that one with the aluminum silver. Look at the front's really weird on it. Okay. Yes, that grill was How? really odd. Oh, that's an that old vertical, The vertical slats for the for the rad? Hmm. Well, not the rad, just the... Yeah. I guess but it the would thing be the is, rad like, there. You know, with, I, I don't think it would look that good without an interior. You know, with the the, yeah, but that could be something we don't know if it's going to be a hangar nine. You know, with balsa, oh, we don't. You know, and then it would have an interior, or if it's Seagull. going to be, yeah, who knows what? Yeah. Uh, I don't like it though. But again, it's it's not out. You know, if it's something they bring out until you see it or whatever, it could be completely. I like that's a tail drag. Now, Adam is drawing this from uh, when Horizon put out the the Vapor HD video. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, there was stuff on the board. I and know. We, we we grilled Matt about it, and Matt said no comment. Mm-hmm. And then promptly afterwards, a uh, T six showed up. So Adam's under the impression that 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 list is gold. So <laughs> I mean, I so think it knows? is. I mean, I if it was knows. on there, and you took the time to really, I mean, what, yes. what are the other things yeah, that are on there that's right? not that's not out yet? I didn't really. There was a ultra I, micro B twenty nine, which. I could see mm-hmm. when they did the B seventeen. Yep. You know, I don't the, know what else is on there. I don't either. 
I have that B17, and I've Do been you? seeing, um, I picked it up for $65 at oh, Swap Meet, brand really? new in a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll give you 40 for it. <laughs> <laughs> right I now. I was, right now. I got cash. Really thrifty. <laughs> but I've seen them on eBay and let go in other places. People are selling for two, $300. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah what the? Wow. Why? I don't know. It flies really slow. Sure. has hardly the any power. power. Yeah. It, yeah. The they need horrible to, paint scheme, too. They need to redo that plane Horrible. and bring it the to one justice that, with a two point. The two one thing itself. that's nice about that, though, yeah. is that I think it's almost exactly 148 scale uh-huh. so that you can go and buy decals for just about any airplane you want. Uh, yeah. Because 148 is a huge B-17 scale. model that's been around since the 70, 60s. Gotcha. Uh, so you can paint it and then you can put uh, whatever decal set you want on it. Mm. Lady luck. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with Chloe, though. I would like to see it, even if it was just a tad bit bigger. Or it, if you put that against the um, the ultra micro, um, yeah, it's not even in the same yeah. realm. They have engines in there that have a gear that the prop is. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's brush. brush motors. Yeah, it's yeah. Brush. yeah. But I'm saying if they made it a little bit bigger and put the brushless motors oh, yeah. in it, they yeah. need to let the guy that designed the timber yeah. get a <laughs> hold of that uh-huh. design. And redo it, make it a little bigger, mm-hmm. put more power into it so we can put maybe like a two cell 500 milliamp or 800 milliamp in it. Mm-hmm. Get it to where, you know, it's a little bit more um, powerful. It yeah. just, it, 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 you have to learn to go up very slowly mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> you yeah. can't do. Yeah. I tested one that wasn't uh, it wasn't a Horizon product and I, <laughs> I was doing loops and rolls with it. It was kind of fun. Hmm. Oh, don't even get me started on that one. That one's even worse. That, yeah, yeah. I know exactly which one you're <laughs> yeah, talking about. I did the roll and I said, this is for you, Adam. <laughs> I get one of those, those uh, Mitchells and uh, play around with one of those. Those look fun. Yeah. Adam, is there is there really a company out there that you've noticed or had your eye on that really makes great scale, detailed, you know, airplanes that you i mean i'm not talking big like car you know stuff but like in the in the park flyer type park flyer well we were talking about the flight line rc spitfire yep that's probably the most detailed foam plane i have ever seen in person oh really my buddy at the toy shop got one and the 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 avios was even better even though it hasn't been released because all the servos are embedded so you don't see when you look underneath you mm. don't see those servo arms hanging out right mm-hmm. even into the laps and everything um but yes that that oh i looked at that plane good and hard and said i just ah uh, yeah that the, the size the 1600 mil scale i mean i've got my my mustang my 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 um dallas darling and boy does that take up a lot of floor space but even like the finish on the paint on the foam, it looks mm. really good. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it flies like I saw him fly it. He, I saw him when he made it, actually. It, you know, just in this sky, it looks heavy. It, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it looks like your, a real warbird. Yeah, you take your eyes off for a second. It's. It looks oh. like the real deal. Wow. <laughs> what What happened to the big... Um, Hobby King or the Avios uh, Spitfire. We haven't heard anything. I didn't, it's like the Grand Tundra. Yeah, didn't they it's tease like the that Grand before Tundra. the ME 109 too? Oh, way before. Oh, yeah. Again, that oh, was yeah. back we, in... Because that. that was... That's, that's when... That's Grand Tundra time. Yeah. Stuart, Stuart was, talking was getting about, ready to leave, right? Yeah. So, that was his big thing because yeah. they had it set so you could fly FPV yes. from the cockpit. Yes. Yeah. 
because yeah. I thought the neatest so. thing was the um, that that experience in, alone would have been worth the ticket. Yeah, in those low wing so. warbirds, you can't tell if the gear is down, so they have a that little trap comes up. Oh yeah, 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 and it does that in the model. Yes, <laughs> to tell that the wing that the wheels are down. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Right. I mean, just him explaining it and seeing some of the details on that one. It really, I mean, looked amazing. And then, boom, we haven't heard. I mean, just the detail in the cockpit and everything that he, you know he had going on with that thing. Whew, man, that's funny. But so, like, so Adam, like, I, I don't know if you listened to our last podcast. And even this is something that Hobby King started doing. Selling aircraft with without the decals applied, so you can do things like go mm-hmm. to Cali and get custom decals done, or you can apply them in your you know your, your you can choose which one you want to put on them. If they you know they usually come with one or two, which is pretty darn cool. So is that something you're looking at, or even you know uh, you know there's there's talk of just producing like gray only uh, aircraft, you know, and then you can paint it however you want. It, I, for me. The, putting the decals on is is nerve wracking enough because you know if you do it wrong and you lift the paint da 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 da. But to think about buying like a uh, you know two to four hundred dollar airplane and then painting it myself Mm-mm. that's even more uh, nerve wracking. No. Well, like Chris and I were talking before when I first got here today, and I I did finish the podcast on the way here. Um, <laughs> but the thing I liked was that that they worked with. Cali graphics ahead yes. of time mm-hmm. so that yes there are yeah. decal sets going to be out there that if you want to change yeah i mean I, right. I like that there's options right because you don't want to be stuck with one yeah they scheme, had the Canadian you know? decals for the silver b24s because canada had a had a flight uh, uh had a wing or a flight uh a squadron of b24s after the po- post-war and i'm like Oh, but of course, you know, if, if I was to go for something, it'd be a Lancaster because I'm silly that way. I want a Canadian aircraft. Yeah. <laughs> what What do you think of the B-24? I mean, you've seen it now. Uh, pictures are out. And- I think, well, like I, said, I think you see the pictures. I think it looks really scale. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about their free wing B-17 that they have. Yeah. Not, I'm not a huge fan of that. I think there's just there's little things that make it look. Not right. Like like what? I'm just because I don't notice. I that mean, stuff. look at the tail. The tail doesn't look right. The mm-hmm. curvature of the tail's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then the cockpit's a little. The windows are too big. But <laughs> B twenty four, at least you know what I've seen of it. It looks really scale. They managed to looks like because we you always talk about or manufacturers or designers always talk about the concessions they have to make. Yes, you know to make it scale fly versus halfway decent. make it yes. fly. Yeah. It's really hard to notice any concessions they made on that airplane uh-huh. to make it fly right. Mm. And it was interesting. Alpha was even talking about when they, they actually went up there where they have the plane with the Collins Foundation was like measuring every part of that airplane, you know, windows and where, where rivets. And I mean, they went all out as far as, you know, the best they could yeah. to get the detail in there. And the like- wing the wing shape, you know. <laughs> You were just talking a little bit about the uh, the ultra micro B seventeens, where one manufacturer had the w- the wing is right, and the other one isn't. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, no, I they got the color right. I don't know if you ever. Well, maybe you guys don't nitpick over that, but a lot of times <laughs> people just they don't get the color anything. Yeah, close. Yeah. Perfect example. And they do people that their job is to do this gets this wrong. For example, the um, there's a B seventeen full scale in Seattle that Boeing Boeing employees restored 
Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a B17E, I believe. It's an early model, and they screwed the paint job up. Really? They made, you know, most uh, Warbirds they have a uh, a line where it's all drab and then gray underneath. Mm-hmm. They made the gray bottom about a foot and a half, two feet too tall. Oh, jeez. Now, like, how do you screw this up? Yeah. That wow. that drives me nate. <laughs> perfect example is so. We're building a B-17 in Urbana, Ohio. Yes. For people that don't know that. And it's basically, even though they call it a restoration, it's basically, it's a new build, Mm -hmm. basically, built from plans. And my dad is the one that painted the nose art on the plane. We did the design on the, we did all the mapping of the tail. And uh, last year we did the the star and bars on the waist. Mm -hmm. It took us four weeks, four weeks to get the paper pattern right you're kidding because we would do it and then he'd find another we were off by a half inch and that is not good enough for my father wow took us four weeks get the paper pattern right Mm -hmm. and find the exact because there's an exact mathematical formula to make this star you're kidding and bars the exact right size you're kidding (laughs) a man after my own heart (laughs) (laughs) um where, where do you guys a lot of times find the details for these planes that don't exist anymore? You know, the nose are, is it all through like historical pictures? And, and then how do you, you, so know, are you, are you talking about like, like decals, paint, stuff like that? Yeah. Pictures. Um, but the problem is even during wartime, they weren't all. So certain things would have always been fairly standard. So when the airplanes rolled out of the factory, the star and bars were already on mm-hmm. and the serial number mm-hmm. and then a few stamps throughout the airplane, like the serial number. And there's a, there's a, a block of words at the front. Those all would have came out of the factory. Mm-hmm. And even then you got to think these things came out of three different factories. Yeah. So even then there's a little bit of variance. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, you work with that a Monday plane or Friday. Plane? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you work with that. And then, you know, for example, for the bomb group that we painted this out of, it's the uh, 401st bomb group. So we looked at a lot of pictures of um, what the tail will look like exactly. Some had uh, a certain slant to the stripe. Some went the other way. It's all different. So you kind of go with what looks the best. You know it was like this a certain way. Mm. Go with that. Well, that's keeping it authentic, you know. It's basically how they did it. Yeah, it's there's there's given give and take. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How far along are you guys on that B seventeen? I know you've flashed me some pictures here and there, and and what what's amazing, and and we get a lot of new listeners, and you haven't been on the podcast for a little while, but like I, I want you to explain or talk about you know for especially a lot of these new listeners what you guys have to go through to build parts for these airplanes because they're the, the machines or the manufacturing on or like you were talking about a seat pan where you guys had to hand build a seat pan because you, you can't get them made anymore. Right. So a lot of these, so we have the drawings from Boeing. Mm-hmm. We have the drawings for every single part on the plane. And what we don't have, well, what parts we do have, um, the skin is a perfect example. So the skin off the airplane of the pieces we had, Typically, we use that as a pattern for new skin. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a part to make a pattern for, you're making these parts per the drawing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, these parts were stamped 
out on right. giant presses. Yes. The seats are a good example of that. We don't have that. So it literally did take us four, five, six years to make a seat. Wow. That was our project because you had to hand and, roll it. Yeah, right. And it's a lot of trial and error to figure out. For example, the seat has a bead that goes around it. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you make that? How do you yeah. make that? And my dad figured out a way to put, it's a uh, three-inch wide piece of aluminum, the length so many feet, and then we put uh, an aluminum tube on the inside, uh-huh. and then you clamp it over, duck bill it, yeah. and then you put it on around the seat, and then you got to shrink it, a uh, shrinker oh and a stretcher, and you have to do that until you get the curvature all around. I mean, that took that took a year. Wow. And you got to do that twice for each side of the seat and then times all the seats you have. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize what, you know, trying to restore an old aircraft like that, what it takes because there are yeah, just even, I was very curious of without these things flying anymore, you know, you, you have motor issues. Every plane does, you know, you, you got a cylinder that goes out or a piston problem or whatever. Like how do you find or keep getting parts for these airplanes you know, do they have small companies that are still trying to reproduce, you know, the original products for these planes to well, keep them in the air? Especially with, I know, I know this is how it is for B-17s. I'm sure with other airplanes it's similar, but there's actually, all the B-17 owners and operators kind of get together. And so an example I can think of is, say they get, they get together once a year mm-hmm. and say they need to get together and say they need some tires. So everybody, they'll try to get everybody together and say, all right, why don't everybody put an order in, get two tires, yeah. and then they, whoever makes the tires, mm-hmm. they have enough that they can make Oh, I see. several of them yeah. Yeah. instead of making Purchase. a one-off. Mm-hmm. Um, they do yeah. a lot of that. Engines are, uh, engines are probably one of the easier things because, you know, anytime your engine goes, you just send it off, it gets remachined, and they send it back. Mm-hmm. So... And then anything else, you you literally you just you get a piece of metal and you you make your own part. You're cobbling, wow. you're cobbling it together yourself. Is there something or a piece of the airplane, or maybe maybe the B seventeen has a an, you know something that I wouldn't say happens all the time, but you have a part that goes bad or whatever that you guys are always, or it's something that you have a problem replacing, or it's you know what I mean. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Usually, if it's something that goes often, mm-hmm. we'll probably have several of them. I see. <laughs> or, or do you use maybe something of newer technology to, you know, fix that problem? Or is you no, go I right think, back to a, original? Yeah, everything. Uh, everything kind of stays original. You want to kind of stay original. That, mm-hmm. that was actually one problem that led to uh, Liberty Bell's demise. Fire, yeah, was that um, they had at one point switched out the original fuel tanks for metal ones. Oh, cause the old ones had the bladder right. in them. Okay. Yeah. So that, that, that was, that's kind of what led to their mm-hmm. fire. So, you know, anytime you can stick with how the plane was originally designed, you go with that. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, very little times that will, you'll put something new in. Yeah. But you really should come down to Urbana sometime. I know, I know. I keep trying. I keep. I'll get down there for sure. I want to go because I, I haven't been through the museum yet. Yeah, I want to go See, through that's, the museum. That's a that's a two day trip. Yeah. on its own. <laughs> how does somebody get involved with your group or like or whatever? What? How does that story begin? 
on or with the with the flying B seventeen or the building one? The, the rebuilding of it. Like you literally you want... walk in the door and say, "What can I do?" Really? <laughs> I'm dead serious. I have no skill set whatsoever. I mean, I I don't know if I I, I like that though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'll do whatever you want. Okay. Well, I mean, you've been around airplanes long enough. I mean, I can remember the first time when that realization that pops into your head that, you know, mechanically speaking, flying isn't an exact science. And mm -hmm. the first time you see a guy pound something on an airplane with yeah. a rubber mallet. Right, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I asked because, like, like my dad, he's retired now. He's and his father was pilots and they've been into RC aircraft and all that stuff all these years. And so just to have the time and the skill, like my dad's a machinist, a welder, pipe fitter, you know, all those kind of things. And, you know, an architect, you know, to take and bring those kind of skills to a group like that, I think would be really rewarding. For and he would like love him. it. He yeah. would. Yeah. 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 Everybody has their own. Everybody always brings something right. of their own. Yeah. I bring yeah. absolutely nothing. But <laughs> <laughs> I had, when I, I used to work at Honda and the guy, one of the guys that I worked with would give me so much crap because um they knew i always volunteered on thursday nights always mm -hmm. that's how i remember my son was born on a thursday because i told my <laughs> wife and said if this kid comes out by two can i still get volunteer? <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and uh the one guy used to give me so much crap because he said that the only thing i ever did was was bring donuts and coffee to everybody else <laughs> and sweep the floor yeah that's but you were just there for the experience and seeing everything. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, dad was always working on something. So, mm -hmm. you know, if they say, hey, you know, we need this piece of metal cut this way. Okay, I can cut that. Yeah. I can go bend an angle. I can. Yeah. Is he ready to sell his J3 yet? I'm ready to buy it. I, actually, he just bought the other two parts out. The other two partners. Oh, left. he did. It's yeah. all on his. Wow. I didn't fly once this whole year. Wow. Wow. Oh, I got to come down and get, get a ride in it. I haven't been in one for a while. So, all right, folks, I think on that note, we've been here a couple hours. Uh, we're pushing it. My butt's starting to hurt. Um, I'm sorry it wasn't the three hours, but uh, I think two will do you here for a little bit. I think uh, I've lost five pounds sitting in here. It's like those lights are hot. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it is very warm in here. I actually even turned the heat completely off. There's yeah. no heat in the house. Well, we're going to go downstairs and freeze, so we'll have to turn it back on. <laughs> so, But I think that's it. We're going to get out of here. We're going to get you guys uh, up and flying, get the FPV gear going, and uh, see what happens. Could be good. Could be bad. I don't know. But thanks everybody for joining us. Thank you, Adam, for that long drive. I'm, I'm I love. I wish you lived closer. We'd have you in the studio way more. Thanks for, for having sure. me. Yep, Chloe. Thanks for coming in Thank last you. minute. Andre, of course, always a uh, good time hanging out with you and yes, sir. Taking questions and debating batteries and planes and <laughs> everything else. So just uh, you wait, just you wait, I buddy. Know. Uh, oh, wait a minute, you, wasn't there some kind of secret or something? Shush, something's coming. That was the B-24. Okay. Yeah, B-24. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us on Facebook Live and hanging out with us and, you know, taking your questions. We'd like to interact with you guys. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we're missing. I don't think so. You know uh, what we'll do for the next show? I don't know if it's going to be the next show or the, or, or the last show in December, but we mm -hmm. should have everybody start writing into our Facebook group and saying what their top pick was for 2017. You know, we should get that topic going because I'd love to do 
uh, a year in review show, probably in December versus January, right? So, I agree. Who knows, right? Yeah, yeah, we've done that before, so that's a good idea. We'll see what uh, what we liked and didn't like for 2017. I want to hear his latest finds next time too, like what his next, you know. Oh, I, I think accomplishments are. Bar. I yeah, no, I am kidding. broke. Right, it's gonna have to wait <laughs> a little while. I'll give you a dollar. You'll come back with fifty points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. One Canadian dollar, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Ow! Oh, we're so hard on poor Andre. We just beat him up, but I don't know. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I thank you too. You guys are sending in some crash stories. I know we didn't get to them this time, so keep sending them in. Next podcast, I promise we'll read the emails and the crash stories, so we'll get to them for sure. And we'll probably have some of our own by that point because I still got some things to fly an FPV wing and a uh, ME or a 163 up, up there. Adam that's been eyeing it and wanted to know where it came from. So we'll get that out there and see what happens. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you and talk to you soon. Later. Bye. <laughs>